You're about to witness a seismic event. Talk brunch where the geeks are all baby faces. Now, let the party begin. All right. Welcome, all fellow brunchers. We are once again here at Talk Brunch Live. September 16th, 2019. I'm your host, as always, Rick Dara, aka Captain Brunch, and listen to episode 340. Co piloting the brunch ship with me, as always, is Mr. Dustin Frazier. As the song says, Hail to the King of the Podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, I say that. Come at me. I dare you, Pritchard. (laughs) Uh, Some say that the era of the golden age of podcasting is over. I call BS (laughs) on all that. Woo! Yeah. So tonight we have a lot to talk about in regards to some crazy stuff happening, including changes in the WWE NXT SmackDown Fox schedule, a drunken cast. Uh, Angry fans, as always. Changes in the WWE Network. All kinds of wonderful, fun things coming your way. So, without further ado, shout out to the chat room, which has EB Gamer and Six Slayer, Willie V2, Joe Woko, Stasis Dreams, Cool Ice, and just joining us, George Z. I see you over there, man. And also, all of those currently listening to the live feed over at TalkBrunch.com and the rest of you who are listening on iTunes, Stitcher and other popular podcatcher apps. We're available on every major digital audio provider including SoundCloud. Just search TalkBrunch and you can visit TalkBrunch.com for that plus our social media links as well as links to all of the rest of our content. And I once again remind you that we're back on YouTube. But for anyone that's a content creator is familiar with the algorithms of YouTube, they completely drop you from the searches. If you abandon them, which we're guilty of doing a couple of times, you got to help us revive that channel. Go check us out there. You get visuals, which is, I guess, what do you think? You you enjoying the visuals, Esten? Yeah, I like the visuals. It's a nice touch. It's actually a little easier for me that way. I get a lot more of that crap off of my board and just watch it with you guys, you know? Yeah. So it looks like we're covering a different product in the past month from the product we've been covering for the past three years. (laughs) Exactly. Much has changed. Yeah, the pay-per-views are different. Uh, Raw felt different tonight. Everything is uh, very different. I'm enjoying it, though. Yeah, different's good. As long as it's good, different. Mm -hmm. So tonight's opening discussion, we're going to talk a little bit about Fox, because Fox is super pumped when it comes to this entire SmackDown tour thing. That's their people over there now. Oh, yeah. They're going to they're gonna try to please everybody over in the headquarters of Fox. Whether or not they're going to succeed is a different story, which we've talked about here countless times. You know, like there's really no telling exactly what's going to happen. Hopefully, and we've said it before, now's not the time for them to get sloppy. Oh, know? not the time whatsoever. Because yeah. Fox will put their foot down with the quickness. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the bigger concern is that right now they're, uh, they will do it. You know, they're not screwing around here at all. There's no laughing matters going on uh, with the Fox situation. It, I don't think that they factored in something like AEW being competition. They factored in having a show. 
you know, I don't think that at the time they thought, well, what if AEW is something that's going to factor into this? And even though it doesn't directly factor in, in a, in a way it sort of does because, um, it's, there's more wrestling competition out there, even if they're on different days. Yeah. You know, so, um, time's going to tell how that's going, but that's the reason why they're aggressively pushing, uh, their agenda with Fox and with the USA network, you know, they're trying to cover as much territory as humanly possible. Exactly. But uh, what they needed to do was have that momentum from the beginning, which unfortunately they did not. Yeah, and that's one of the things that's on that's really unfortunate on their end is going to kind of help AEW because there's so many people that they've burnt out to the point where there's a lot of fans that don't care if they're going to fix it. They've already made peace and moved on to something else, and they're already sitting here waiting for October. Yeah, which, I again, I don't agree with that philosophy. We may criticize yeah. them a lot on here, but uh, you guys have to... Um, never let go of hope because the product has gone up and down over the years. You know, it'll yeah, it's had its good times, it's bad times. Yeah. It's just that right now it's having its bad times. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And see, uh, I'm one of those people where it's like, a lot of people are like, Oh, but you just say you were going to give up on it. I was like, yeah, I said I was going to give up on it. If they didn't give me a reason to stick around lately. They've been doing that. Yeah, so I mean, that lately. <laughs> but yeah, this is look at the, the Fox. Apparently they did like a little promotional um thing. Cause they're going to be doing like a SmackDown tour here. I guess it's just it's just the touring dates is what it looks like. I love how they pop up to the rhythm of Becky's music. If anybody's interested in the uh, the SmackDown tour, there it is. what it does it's just a little loop like that how cheap is that do i have like a youtube version that's longer <laughs> get a longer one for fuck's sakes stop it right. drive me crazy <laughs> yeesh you're gonna haunt your nightmares now you're gonna go to sleep tonight and the whole nightmare is just gonna be that looping over and over again you'll never be able to stop it you won't be able to hit pause just yeah for anyone that's on demand that didn't get to uh to see it there you go it's now on our social media but yeah, so there were the touring dates on the screen. They're just going to be going around. It's not like they're going to be airing all of those days, but I guess that's just their way of promoting uh, SmackDown going forward is to have all of those days factored in, you know. And uh, the commentary team, which I'm still wondering about, like we're hearing that Corey Graves is going to be on SmackDown with Michael Cole. That's what the- it's supposed to be. I think Raw's supposed to be. I think Vic Joseph's the new head announcer there, right? Yeah. Yeah, which Vic does. If you've never heard him, he also does NXT UK. So that's wonder how yeah. that's going to work out. Yeah, I, I got to see this to believe it. But this is what we're hearing is going to happen. They're going to have uh, this this uh, new setup as far as commentary team. So it's back to two man teams instead of having a uh, three man, which I think is a brilliant idea. Everything's becoming two mans nowadays. So it's like it just uh, the momentum of it, I think, would be better. They've been annoying the hell out of me. Tonight's the first night in a long time that I wasn't annoyed by everybody out there. Right. But yeah, I thought something bigger was happening when Michael Cole's name kept coming up. That's not a big deal. Like Michael Cole's just leaving Raw and going to SmackDown, you know? I mean, you, you know how the internet is with some of their clickbaiters and everything like that. Yeah. So that's one of the, that's one of the changes there. And it's really looking like, uh, in the, in the nicest possible way that Triple H can say that 205 Live is canceled. 
Is yeah, what he I has. mean, let's be real. Like he, they, he pretty much outright said, like, "Hey, he, next." He, <laughs> he uh spoke to to Newsweek, and uh they asked him about the Tool Five Live roster, and uh he said that you'll you'll see them begin to move toward NXT. He says he thinks that it's always existed in an island onto itself a little bit, and it's become lost in this limbo. So you're, you'll begin to see it move towards the NXT banner and the talent there, and that they have a lot of talent, and for them to begin to compete either open against anyone or in the Cruiserweight division, but have that title sit under the NXT brand is more meaningful. It creates more opportunities for more people. As for Raw and SmackDown, it's an open division for them. When you're on both shows, everybody's competing against everybody. So he basically, in shorts, just kind of said, yeah, the, the, the cruiserweights are going to have a great opportunity on NXT Raw and SmackDown. You know, we're basically breaking that shit up and sending everybody where they need to be. Yeah. You know, I knew that was going to happen, man. Something was going to have to fall on the chopping block. We all did. I think we all did, realistically. I mean, we're sitting here shocked when they get anywhere near the main card of a pay-per-view. It's like, yeah, this show has been... They've been waiting for Eddie to fetch the block for months now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely looks like it's over for them, unfortunately. So, um, at I mean, least when it comes to having their own show, yeah, yeah. So, two or five live is done, and uh, the commentary teams also have even changed in regards to the two or five live for currently, right? Yeah, uh, we got Daniel Madden. Was- the Dio Madden was on this Tuesday, right? Yeah. And uh Nigel McGuinness left two oh five live and is with NXT full time. So you don't have Nigel McGuinness over there anymore. You have Dio Madden instead. So now NXT is gonna be Nigel McGuinness and Mar Ronaldo. And two oh five live, I guess what's left of it is gonna be Dio Madden, who I barely remember who the hell that is, and who's with him? It's him and Vic Joseph. Yeah, so they basically they they moved their guys off because Nigel McGuinness is one of their guys now. So they took their people off of that ship before it sunk. Is what is what it sounds like to me. Yeah, it's you like know? Nick Joseph. The fact that he's going to Raw is just like Dio Madden is the only one actually left on the ship. This past Nick week, Joseph is just waiting for the lifeboat to show up. Yeah, this past week, uh, Kushida debuted on Two Hundred Five Live, but it's more like he just guest starred because they're going to reintegrate yeah. it with uh with NXT. So Kushida has yeah, that, that's too all. Far. That's all it really was was just him making an appearance. Now who knows? Maybe there's another four or five weeks of this left. Maybe it'll be months from now. But it's looking like uh, it's looking like they're pretty. We're not going to have this for much longer. You know, appreciate it because this is the only time in history that we've ever had a show like that. You know, the good or the bad of it. You know, take what you will. It was the only time that they were ever open enough to give us a show based on small guys, based on the cruiserweights, an entire show that started out yeah. with the with the cruiserweight classic, which was done in a very indie style as a tournament that that they sort of embraced the indie style. So, I mean, take it with the good and the bad. This is the only time that that's ever happened. And when it's gone, it's gone forever. They're probably never going to do something like this again. Oh, no. You know, so, I mean, yeah, you know, I appreciate that we got to experience it. I kind of knew it was going to come down to this. But, uh. They're changing this whole thing up, this whole world. We're in the last, this is the last couple of weeks. This is the last 15 or so days of the world as you know it in regards to wrestling. NXT TakeOver, they they revealed the travel packages recently, the Royal Rumble travel packages. I don't know if you uh, heard the, the news about that. I have not. Uh, but the, the Royal Rumble travel packages, it's usually, I'm going to try to bring it up on the screen here, but it's usually just just to read you a little bit they start at three thousand dollars or a little over three thousand dollars so uh 
go get yours now, man. <laughs> you know. Christ, I got to sell one of my friend's kids to get that. Are you kidding me? Like, oh, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I got friends with kids who will listen back to this. It's like, what the fuck? Did you mean me? He's like, no, 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 not you. You. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really crazy. Here it is. I'm going to bring up on the screen. It's a little picture of it. But this is the travel package. All right. I'm going to read you some of the stuff that's on this travel pack. Don't worry. There's a point to this. It's not like, why do we care about this? None of us are going to go to the Royal Rumble. So it's $3,115. Maximum four people for, per group. They'll receive a uh, Royal Rumble Minute Maid Park seating, ringside rows one to five, a commemorative chair. They'll get uh, a welcome dinner with superstars and legend buffet style dinner, exclusive autograph signing, Royal Rumble welcome gift bag. Uh, gift hat, shirt, all that kind of shit. Space Center, Houston VIP expedition with superstars and legends VIP to the Space Center with a catered lunch and souvenirs. Uh, these are on different days, you know, meet and greet with the superstars and legends at the Toyota Center. Um, Royal Rumble meet and greet with superstars, legends on the day. Exclusive reception with superstars and legends at the Minute Maid Park before the Rumble starts. Uh, you know, three night hotel accommodations, check in Friday, check out Monday. Each person in this group will share one standard room. You know, so I mean, championship packages, it's like for four people, it's different prices here, between 3,500 to 3,100, depending on the tier of package. It also, now this is where I'm getting, normally these packages include Saturday getting your NXT TakeOver pay-per-view, but that's now no longer the case because it looks like when you're having the Royal Rumble and you're having these other pay-per-views, the big pay-per-views, traditionally, we would normally get an NXT takeover the day before, Saturday or takeover, Sunday, your pay-per-view. That no longer seems to be the case. NXT takeovers don't look like they're any longer going to be paired with the actual WWE main pay-per-views. They'll no longer be the Saturday of NXT takeover and then the Sunday of the big pay-per-view. But what I do see on this program is instead, on that Saturday, they have WWE Worlds Collide pay-per-view at the Toyota Center. If you guys recall, a few months back, they did a strange, it was almost like a two or three night thing. I forget. We watched it on here. It was like Worlds yeah. Collide. It was the Cruiserweight guys. Against versus the- NXT versus NXT UK. Right. It's starting to look like what's going to happen is, since they're integrating so many different brands... Instead of you getting the Saturday NXT takeovers, because the takeovers might be something that moves to Fox or Fox Sports or just become some sort of exclusive. It looks like they'll start putting the worlds collide where the takeovers used to be. And my guess is that the reason for them doing this is that way they do integrate the 205 Live guys into the into the whole bundle. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure everybody has mixed feelings about that. You know, but he said the takeover will, Triple H, the takeover will continue. There's just some scheduling shifting going on. So we one of the schedule shifts that we can clearly see is that the Worlds Collide has now been put onto Royal Rumble weekend. So uh, the takeovers um, won't always be connected to the main pay-per-views anymore. You might get a Worlds Collide so that some of the UK and Tool 5 live guys will be on a more relevant spot. And uh, it's also because there are a lot of people who, now that this change is happening they're going to need in order to draw numbers. They've officially decided that Tony Storm, Rhea Ripley, and Pete Dunne are going to be officially part of the main NXT brand. Yep. They'll no longer be in the UK or anything else. They're exclusive to the NXT brand now. Those are the guys that they want to push. 
And since this is the brand they're pushing, they're putting everybody that they plan on elevating onto that brand. And it makes sense because even despite them wanting the elevation, those are three people that did everything they could do in, for NXT UK. There's no reason for for all three of them to be there anymore. Exactly. NXT UK, NXT gives them a fresh spot because, I mean, a prime example was the fact that Rhea Ripley almost virtually wiped out the three horsewomen by herself. It's a wide open opportunity for all three of them now. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Triple H was quoted as saying that the NXT UK roster is uh, in the bucket with NXT. It's in the NXT bucket. So... He's basically saying, you know, that they're all, you're going to start seeing a lot of the NXT UK guys. They have two hours now. So they're not really trying to distinguish the UK guys separately. They want to try to put them as part of this to be on the USA network. It makes sense because in a sense, it's, it's, it's just two forks on the same road. So I definitely, I like the idea of it. We'll have to see because I mean, a lot of people might get lost in that rotation, but who knows? Maybe it'll, it'll be for the best. Yeah. I could almost see if they're, if they're thinking of it the same way. You could almost look at it as a sense of if you have an example of example, Kaylee Ray, the current uh, women's champion, if she has a lengthy long run and loses the championship, if there's nothing more for her to do, you send her over to NXT because it's like, hey, there's room for her to work with. Yeah, no, I definitely see that. You almost you almost in fact, in reality, you could almost prevent them from getting lost in the shuffle when you think about it. Yeah. In some cases, you know. Yeah, I mean, are they, we have to say, are they, is there more or less time, though? You got... That's, yeah, that's the trick. Because you got NXT, that's an hour. You got TakeOver, I mean, not TakeOver, the UK, that was an hour. And then you have uh, 205 Live, that was about an hour. They're losing an hour. Yeah. And I guess it's more beneficial for the 205 Live guys than the NXT UK guys, because they're getting more exposure. Uh You know, but again, that all depends on who they ultimately decide they're going to push, I think. That's oh, like yeah. the big key, you know. Who would you, out of all, you have these three rosters in front of you, who who would you, in your opinion, decide that you were going to push up here? So looking at all three rosters? Yeah, like UK, now, 205, and NXT? Well, like if you have a nice one big roster, you can't have everyone all the time, unless they're going to try to, which they should do if they're smart. They should try to do like AEW said, you're not going to see everyone every week. That, you know, yeah, that's what I'm thinking, because even NXT's actually always been really good about that. But um, it's kind of a trick. There's a few names that, especially in UK, that have been jumping out. Um, Jordan Devlin, Mini Finn, as they call him, has been on quite a roll. Um, the last maybe month or so. I mean, Kenny Williams, the grizzled young veterans, even though they just lost their titles. There's, there's Dave Mastiff, as we saw, put on that fantastic performance at Takeover Cardiff. There's a lot of names you could see get pushed, and that's just the NXT UK roster. So. There's definitely moving, sending some of those guys to NXT. That won't just help them. Um, it won't just help them get more exposure. Sometimes it'll just give guys something fresh. And who is making it just NXT? That really just kind of defeats the purpose because the UK brand was so special because it's guys we've never seen before. You make all of them all one NXT, you're guaranteed to lose people in the shuffle. Having the NXT and NXT UK gave it something good because then it gave you opportunities you'd never you wouldn't see that often. Like a prime example, Danny Birch. We've seen him in both places. Nowadays he's more often in NXT UK, but whenever Oni Lorcan needs somebody to help him out, we see him pop up somewhere else. That's what always made it cool to have those two NXTs separate because every now and then you'd see a case of somebody jumping over. Yeah. 
No, I agree with you. Like, I think actually the best example is Cassius Ono. Cassius Ono used to be the guy who just got beat in NXT. That dude had such a resurgence in his career the second he jumped over there. And now he's been on probably the, the best role he's been on since he came back. So is there any negative uh, to the cancellation of 205 Live, in your opinion? You know, I don't think so. Because now they don't just get pre-showed just because they're cruiserweights. That was the one thing that always used to bother me is that these guys work their asses off and then they would just get thrown on the pre-show and still with nobody watching them, still nobody in goal position caring about any of their matches. I almost see it helping them out more because now you're going to get to a point where more people are actually going to care about these guys now. More people are actually going to sit there and be invested. The people in the back aren't just going to toss them in level way like the redheaded stepchild. Like, I feel like almost them getting integrated into NXT and NXT UK is going to give them more opportunities that they haven't had. Yeah, it's definitely possible. You know, I certainly hope you're right about that. Um, I hope so. That's the best case scenario for me, really. This is now, you see, they had it made before and they don't have it anymore. They, They went from a company who could leisurely try and do creative things and see what works and what doesn't to a company that now desperately needs to do creative things that's going to consistently be adjusting for competition, you know? Yeah. It's like, that's just bad, you know? They used to be able to just throw stuff to the wall and see what sticks. see what sticks. They don't have that luxury anymore. No, no, they don't. And that is quite unfortunate. It's a dangerous time to be like that because then... You really have to be careful with every move you do. Not the slightest thing can go wrong because when you look on the other side, not much goes wrong there. No, they leave very little room for effort. Mm-hmm. So uh, here's hoping that everything works for NXT. Everything works out. As far as commentators go, we're also hearing that uh, Booker T and Renee Young are going to be hosting this new show on Fox Sports One. They're going to be pulling Renee off of whatever commentary she was doing. Like that didn't work out, I guess, for them. But she's yeah. going to be her and Booker are going to have their own show on uh, Fox Sports One. That's going to start in October. It's going to be every Tuesday night. So even your Tuesdays that you thought were going to be blank because everything was moving off of Tuesday are going to have another show now because we're Booker and Renee. I don't know what the hell in regards to how it's going to be. But uh, she's going to be exclusive to that show. Okay. So, uh, like I said, that's changing too. Like I said, the last two weeks, enjoy. If you've been enjoying the way things are, your 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 weekly routine, kiss them goodbye in the last two weeks because <laughs> nothing. It's all different now, you know. Like I said, this is just a complete shift thanks to uh these new deals and this new company. So uh, much is changing. Yeah. And uh, to help ring in the uh the new era, they're bringing Trish Stratus over. Okay. I mean, I'm sure tons of people are going to be at that first SmackDown, but now you can. I've heard, I've heard Sting's going to be there. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't think it's like he's not the first name that crosses my mind when I think of SmackDown, but I guess you can, uh, you, you you get what you can, right? Yeah, let's be real. At this point, they just bring people with the names. They don't even care if they're real good at SmackDown. (laughs) They need that star power. I get it. Trust me. I I totally get it. But, uh, Trish Stratus is a good addition to have to that roster. Oh, yeah. It's always good to see her come around. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's going to be wrestling. It's weird to me when they have them in the Hall of Fame and they sort of have them retire and then they, they want to wrestling anyway, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's another change that uh you can look forward to. And uh, 
I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about it, but we'll have to see because this is like retirement number two for her. You don't want to become Terry Funk. <laughs> oh God, don't be don't be the Funker. I don't I, I don't need Trish Stratus going into like no DQ matches. The next thing you know, halfway through we see Trish. My eye, my eye. Yeah, right. I don't need that in my life. <laughs> I can almost time that spot out in some of Funk Slayer matches. You're kidding me? Oh boy. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to get people like The Rock or, or, or any of like the the big time names there, you know, as far as that goes. Because, you know, he's a very busy man. If anything, most of the guys that become main eventers on SmackDown go on to Hollywood for whatever reason. Right. The main event of SmackDown is the gateway to Hollywood. That's what they should call it, right? The gateway to Hollywood. <laughs> but yeah, Becky Lynch did some commercials for Fox Sports. Um and they that they put up like a behind the scenes thing where you see the commercials. To me, that tells me that she's going to be moving to SmackDown, you know. And they're serious about this draft. They want this draft to be like the draft. Hey Jay, what's the problem here? Oh hey Becky, candy bar is stuck. To be able to come out here and ESPN, be on on a Sports Center commercial is pretty freaking great. I'm glad to be here with her. I'm glad she didn't beat me up. <laughs> Wonder why we got closed captions. We don't need closed captions. We look like a bunch of closed caption bitches. I'm very excited. It's cool because there's never been a woman from WWE that's featured on one of these. The idea is that all the athletes work here. This is where everybody works. It's yeah. Sports Center. So I figured you could be kind of in full on, kind of strutting your stuff mode. This is the mascot. You're going to scare. This Actually, really scary. This is going to be sort of a tough guy, like a little stiff arm. <laughs> Yes! Perfect! Still <laughs> <laughs> Great, moving on. So, Jay starts out at the machine, stupid thing, he's pounding it a little bit. I'm hungry, I need to get what I put my money in for, and it won't come down. And she comes to help me out. And she's the one person you would probably want to come help you get something out of the vending machine. I think what it's going to make this work is that you're sort of in wrestling mode. Think that, you know, the man, all the brawn and everything like that, I'm going to smash it in. And she kind of puts a twist on it and helps me in a different way. Hi, facilities. Yeah, we're going to need some assistance on the third floor vending machine. Thanks. Why do you think I'm just some violent monster that I would... I would vandalize a harmless vending machine? Heavens no. Hey, good buddy. Thanks, Becky. Maybe. That was awesome. Nice job, Jay and Becky. We're good, man. Okay. <laughs> We're going back to the uh, Starbucks that's in the cafeteria area. Coffee spot. You know, a classic, normal, everyday. Becky Lynch walks in to, to order her coffee. Hey, Becky, don't be afraid to bring the volume. Okay. And the barista doesn't know my name. How could he possibly not know my name? What's my name? What, have you been hiding under a rock? They don't have TVs in this place. So we give off a list of my accolades everything I've accomplished. I'm the history maker, the game changer, the first woman to ever main event WrestleMania, walk out of there, champ champ, Becky Tubel. What's so great about these sports center commercials is always the swerve, you know, you think one thing's gonna happen, another thing happens. For the cup. Just Becky. Uh, not too much foam, please. It reminds me that you just need to cut the cup. Give my name. Boom! Got it, cut! Oh yeah! All right. 
Today was a lot of fun. Watching playbacks, I enjoy it. And now I'm on a Sports Centre commercial. What a way to cap off a, a spectacular 12 months. What a time to be alive. You're the man. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Becky killing the game. Hashtag success. And to think they were going to fire her. <laughs> now yeah. they can't afford to lose her. Yeah, right. That's the last thing in the world that they will want to do right now, man. Oh, not my fuck. Like, not they could. They couldn't even try if they wanted to. So, I mean, it would be weird at this point for her to be part of uh these these Fox commercials and stuff and stay on the USA Network, wouldn't it? Is it just me who finds will find that to be strange? Yeah, it wouldn't make sense you know, because you're giving the impression as if you're going to see Becky on this network. So. Yeah, so I mean, that's going to be a big change there. They're splitting up the horsewomen, I guess. Yeah, but I guess it depends on where the other three are going to go, because it's still not really clear where they're going to go. Yeah. I wouldn't mind them all going to SmackDown. I mean, I'm loving the fact that, like, even tonight included, it's the first time we're seeing them all in the same places at the same time in a long time. Yeah, but uh, I think it's too soon to be splitting up Bailey and Sasha. Yeah, you really can't afford to split those two up. So we can already assume, unless they're fools, that that's going to all be the same. You know? Yeah, no reason to change it. But, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure exactly how they're going to split this or divide this, because you would imagine that uh, Fox Sports wants people like Brock Lesnar. They're going to want the athletic people. They're going to want the, uh, I guess, the people that are synonymous with anything that's legitimized as a sport. Yeah, Exactly. I mean, Brock's a former UFC champion. They had the UFC under their brand for the longest time. So, One would assume that Ronda is also someone who's going to wind up there. Yeah. You know, like Ronda's not going to go back to Raw because they really are adamant about keeping these brands very separate. You know, according to the Nielsen rating system, apparently there's going to be a change in the way that the ratings are handled. Wrestling News Observer basically spoke about how now the rating system is going to start measuring uh people that watch stuff outside of their houses so it won't just be because right now the rating system is not accurate and that's the reason why a lot of people don't take it seriously you can't really determine how many people are watching something by the rating system it's only going by who at home is watching something are you in front of your tv watching it in real time then you're part of the rating system if you're watching it on replay if you're watching it online, if you're watching it at a bar, you know, that's that doesn't count towards ratings. So this is a very archaic system that was designed way before the society we live in today came to be the way that it is. So it doesn't factor all of these things in currently, but they will be changing that next year. So they're going to be now counting bars, airports, offices and things like that. So uh, that apparently is being estimated to increase viewership numbers for both WWE and UFC by an 11% spike. They get something like that. That'll actually be really good. Very good. But that's pretty much, it just shows that that's what the demographic has been all along, you know, but at least I don't know what's going to happen in regards to people who watch online or streamers or all that. Is that any, any of that included? Do we know if that's included right now? You know, this uh, Hulu included, stuff moment. like that. You know, I think it's a really poor system. Yeah, because you have to, in this day and age, you have to include them as well. Yeah, at least they're doing what they can in order to uh, to try to make some changes to it. 
But yeah, better than nothing. That. Mm-hmm. We also have a. Uh, it's also interesting because Ronda Rousey is now going to be part of Total Divas, as we spoke about here before. And Ronda Rousey is someone who, again, is connected heavily with Fox. So it just makes you wonder what's going to happen with this change when Ronda's around, you know, like Ronda's going to be on the USA Network or actually, uh, I guess it will be E because E is where uh, Total Divas is, right? Ms. and Mrs. is the one that's yeah. in the USA. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Ms. and Mrs. is, total, is uh, USA. Total Divas has always been E. Okay. So she's going to be the E girl. <laughs> you know, something has to try to save that show, right? At this point, I mean, God, it'd be the only time I'd be interested in that show and I don't know how long. I haven't watched this since like the first or second season. I don't know if Ronda Rousey is going to be even enough to save it. The last time I watched it was the first episode where Carmella was on there. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was really, you know, the last thing I remember was her sitting down with Kaz when he's busted up knee and then she put her money in the bank out and goes, see? That was it. <laughs> I mean, they're dividing and conquering as far as just the different feds go and stuff. So hopefully it'll yeah. continue to serve them well. But for those of you that care, we are going to look at this Ronda Rousey trailer. Hey. I'm excited to be representing the LGBTQ community. Preach. The first ever WrestleMania headline by women. My dad passed away. Some people just don't understand that I don't know how to deal with it. It's just been so much fun. It's Total Divas, new season October 2nd, and catch up anytime. He says it's mostly about Natalia. Subscribe to the e YouTube channel so you never miss a clip. George says it's mostly about Natalia, the current okay. season. That's not good. Right? <laughs> yeah, you definitely don't want that. I'm not yeah. saying she's boring or anything, but that's not the person who I would make the, the center focus of the show about, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, so that's what Ronda's going to be doing. So they're going to be hopefully doing that. And then she's going to, at some point, I don't know what's happening with the wrestling. She was supposed to have had a kid by now, right? Uh, they've been trying. But, you know, the universe was like, eh, uh, Come on, man. Travis. <laughs> <laughs> you got to stop shooting with 9mm, so you got to go to that 7.62. got to got to fix that, you know? Oh my god. Reload the gun, Travis. Let's go. Come on. You know, respect them skill points. Oh my god. No, you fucking didn't. I can't. Write it write it down. There are my notes. You know what? I'm spell it. I can spell it in the game too. R E S P C. Yeah, respect them skill points. Oh god. That was so out of nowhere. That was wonderful. Say another one. Switch to boxers. Oh, there you go. Write that one down too. We'll have to see. Depending on how this, depending on how all of this turns out, will depend on what what happens here. But yeah, homie, homie needs to respect the skill points. George, he needs that testo. Are you shitting me? Three? Are you kidding me? Total T. I'm done with George. Go to bed. Oh man. Just for a record, George, I'm writing both of those down. So congratulations. Like, hurry up, Travis. Now we'll never get her at another WrestleMania. Right, WrestleMania forty because fucking Travis just stop telling uh, jokes outside of WWE and you know being in the background of her videos and get to work. Right, <laughs> you know, let's get this going already. 
What I gotta do? Start a fucking GoFundMe? Oh my god! <laughs> don't do that! Don't do that to him. You know, I don't know if E will do it. Cool, I said E ecstasy. What's the ecstasy ain't gonna do shit? What's that gonna do for Travis? You know, I mean, he's banging Ronda Rousey. That already is ecstasy, right? <laughs> what more does he need? Ecstasy don't help you knock nobody up. <laughs> if you need ecstasy for Ronda Rousey, you got a whole different problem. I would, I would be really annoyed if the whole season of Total Divas is about her not being able to get pregnant. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, bro. Cool. I don't know if you know how ecstasy works, but uh, yeah, that that no. <laughs> I hope he doesn't know how it works. It's probably better if he doesn't. Oh gosh, there's a joke in there, but nah, nah. <laughs> no one told me I was supposed to have a partner when I take this shit. <laughs> this shit sucks. See, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I behaved this time. I want my money back. It's a man of refund. You know, <laughs> one of those guys. <laughs> well, they're just knocking shit over. This doesn't work. Yeah, forget it. Oh, shit. Uh, too funny. But yeah, Ronda, Ronda Rousey. I really would love to see her back. You know, yeah. whenever she's ready, don't be scared, girl. I need you to back your shit with my bitches. Like, okay. Yeah, we're also hearing that she's being considered to play She-Hulk in an upcoming Disney Plus series. Yeah, I heard about this. That's an interesting yeah. choice. Ronda got a hell of a mean face, so I mean... I could see it, you know. Yeah, Ronda has a mean face that'll scare a feminist smart. Like, it's just it. Uh, you know what I want to see, though? I, I would love to see them do a Red She-Hulk. I've really always favored Red She-Hulk. Red She-Hulk? Uh, be different. Yeah. Like, I like that yep. character. For anyone who doesn't follow the comic, the Red She-Hulk is basically uh, Bruce Banner's girlfriend in the uh, original movies. The the, the General's daughter, because he becomes Red Hulk. But uh, she eventually becomes Red She-Hulk. The character looks pretty badass. I like the character design and the attitude and everything. The other She-Hulk, uh, the one that I think it was his cousin or whatever, uh, is a little bit horny and comedic. You know, not quite what you would want out of a but- Hulk. You know, it's like the red She-Hulk is like high level. She-Hulk for a whole different reason. Yeah. But WWE is also trying to extend their reach by doing things like according to Planeta Wrestling. Um, they do not like the fact that AEW, or at least it concerns them that AEW um, has that relationship they have with AAA. So WWE is trying to sort of mirror that with cmll they want to cut a deal with cmll and have some sort of a partnership and um apparently planeta wrestling saying that it's gotten desperate to a certain extent and that um you know they basically the mcmahons are concerned about losing the latino public to aew because of that partnership so they figure if we have cmll then we'll have our own latino people jesus so that's why they're aggressively trying to pursue some sort of a partnership with that company you see what I mean? This is a company that is, that has their own direction, but at the same time, they're going to constantly be adjusting. And the reason why they're going to have to constantly be adjusting is because they're going up against competition who's adjusting. Look, just the existence of AEW is making them have to make partnerships they normally otherwise wouldn't. Yeah. You know, you see what I mean? Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, so that's also changing. We're also hearing, getting back to Rhonda a little bit, she's going to be um, an executive producer in this show called Why We Fight. I don't know if you heard about it. It's hosted by Kat Zingano, and according to Wrestling Observer, this is the the show that led to Zingano being cut from UFC because she said she wasn't giving up the project. I don't know. Why was she asked to give up the project? 
right? Like that doesn't make sense. They were hardly having a fight anyway. So it's like she wasn't gonna be they weren't putting anywhere near a title shot. So it's just like look at that her thing going on with Paige Van Zandt, I guess said she makes more money doing Instagram pictures than the UFC. So it's like knock the hustle. <laughs> That's a really weird one, right? Right? Come on, Dana, get it together. You fucking up. Yeah. All right, bad enough. Your star boy car can't even knock out an old man. Like, what you doing? Like, yeah. Hello. What's up, uh, Summer Spore? Summer Spore. How you doing? Howdy, howdy. Yeah. But, yeah, so she has a lot of stuff going on. Going back to wrestling doesn't seem to be in the horizon for her, though. Nah. I think it, I, it almost seems like she's taking advantage to try, like, stuff she hasn't had the chance to try, I guess, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like a lot more movies, this exactly your producer producer thing, which I mean, that's cool for her to be have have such a big role in that. That's a cool opportunity as well for Cats and Gano to get to host something like this. So I mean, right? She's doing what she likes to do. I mean, definitely do try to come back at some point, Rhonda, because we miss you. But (laughs) yeah, please, we need some more matches. I need to. I I need to watch. I need to watch you shit with Lacey Evans a few times. She just she's doing too much. Yeah. It's a too much. Too much. Okay, so uh, onto the WWE Network. Apparently, we're hearing, according to George Barrios, which is the co-president of WWE, um, they explained the tier system that's going on in regards to the network. And uh, basically, the way it's going to work is there's going to be different levels of WWE Network that you can buy. The first level is free. That's right. There's going to be a free tier of the WWE Network. It's going to basically offer the same free videos that you normally get on their website and on their YouTube and on their Twitter. So technically, it's just sort of like a gateway, I guess, to sort of try to get people hooked. You know, but they might, according to George Barrios, they might offer timed previews of WWE Network content. So, you know, every now and then they may toss you a bone. With the free version is what they're saying. Then there's regular, which is basically the WWE Network, the regular version. Free content with the subscription benefits like pay-per-views, on-demand, and original programming. And then lastly, there's premium. Premium, main differences are um, more content. They're going to be integrating some other non-video services like their commerce. They're going to be integrating something like free shipping. Look at that. I I mentioned that. See, I mentioned that almost a year ago. I said they need to have a higher tier where people get free shipping for buying stuff from WW Shop. Yeah, they're going to be integrating stuff like free shipping, um, digital ticketing, and stuff like that. It doesn't really say. I know we heard that they were going to be putting like other indie shows and stuff there, but we don't know. And even though they didn't mention 4K, you want to assume that eventually when they do get 4K on the WWE Network, you're not going to be able to get it with the 999 tier. You know, you okay. have to jump up a tier. I mean, that's my assumption, though. You know, Yeah. I, I don't think that a new feature is going to be that. When they can sell, they can make money. That's what this whole thing is, is um, going to be happening. They've run tests on doing, according to Ringside, they've run tests on doing events in 4K, but there's no timeline on it or HDR. All that stuff right now is stuff there. You know, I mean, you you can barely get that on most things. Netflix does it. Xbox One X does it. You know, like stuff like that is like still cutting edge in a lot of ways. You know, so you got to give it some time. They're also supposed to be some sort of a download and go feature. You know, letting you be able to download pay-per-views or TV shows 
anywhere. So maybe that's for when you want to be offline. There's a lot of subscription-based services that offer offline viewing of stuff. After a while, just like with Xbox Live stuff, it must expire or you need to renew it or something. Now, with the way DRM technology works, they can pull it away after set dates and stuff. I mean, you've seen how the Xbox Live rental service works, you know? If you have a game installed after it goes away, then it just doesn't run. It's that simple. There's not They don't have to physically do anything. If it sits in the hard drive, that's your problem. You know, they yeah. you delete it. So that's sort of what it's like. These offline tier services, even some services that we're on, like SoundCloud, for example, they offer to our subscribers if they pay a little bit more, they can uh, download our episodes onto like a cache. That way, when especially New York or strap hangers, people that are going to be underground where there's no signal, they they don't lose sync. You know, yeah, pretty much same thing with podcasts. I think a lot of these apps are like that nowadays. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, according to PW Insider, the WWE Network tier system will launch in January of 2020. So only a handful of months away for that new season to launch. So, wow. That's like, yeah, it's you have one more season of the WWE Network, as you know, before that changes. And um, we are hearing speculation that Evolve, Progress, IWC, and Chikara can become part of the WWE Network. And as you already know, they're trying to talk to uh, CMLL because they're concerned about AEW's relationship with AAA, so they want their own Mexican partnership now. I could see Vince. Where's my Mexican partnership? <laughs> Where are my Mexicans? AEW has AAA. I want a Mexican partnership. And they give him CML. That's what happens sometimes. That's how I visualize Vince with certain things, you know? Right. Like back when the cruiserweights in, during Nitro were white hot, he was like, where's my cruiserweights? And they made the light heavyweight title and got Takamichi and, 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 and freaking Eserios and all those guys. I want my own oh, heavyweights. Eserios, no... When ECW was doing hardcore, he was like, I want to do Where's hardcore. my hardcore title? The next thing you know, we got hardcore Houdini, Crash, Holly, God, yeah. rest of soul. So that's what's sort of happening. AEW has their, their AAA partnership. He's like, where are my Mexicans at? You know what the sad part about it is, though? <laughs> as good of an idea as that would to be a partner with CMLL, AEW's kind of already got the leg up because two of their most over tag teams are in that Hispanic market. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. And 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 his problem, like, there's so there's good talent, good and, good and here's talent. the biggest thing when because you know full disclosure, usually if there's a botch mania running after we go out there and we watch it, where do we see all the boxes come from in Mexico? Hint, not from AAA. Yeah, no, definitely not. And that Fuck in itself place. is one of the bigger problems. Yeah, they they kind of they decided to do that too late. Like you have pen, like look, like look at this. They have Pentagon Junior, Ray Phoenix, Santana, and Ortiz. Four of the most over luchadors in the friggin' planet. And it's like, what is AEW? What is WWE going to get? What Doctor Wagner Junior? Like <laughs> Blue Demon? That's, like, that's the thing. People and 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 also the Lucha Brothers are great. There's no question about that. That's an awesome team. And especially like you were a longtime fan of those guys before they had even become as mainstream as they were when they were only doing the Mexican loops and stuff. You know, that being said, what helped the final thing that put those guys over the moon was their interaction and them feuding with with people like the Bucks and SCU and all these other teams, these well-established American teams. It sort of put them into that circle, you know, of like great tag teams. The CMLL guys don't have like a team that's done that kind of stuff. You know Nobody I mean? there is I can't even think stuff. of who the hell they would have. They would be like, oh, wow, they have this dude. Like, for for this circle, like, there's no comparing to the Lucha Brothers. There's no comparing. 
like the Lucha Brothers have gotten to a level where we've been on here and debated if that's the best tag team right now with people like the Bucks and SCU and all these other teams around. We've sat there and, and legit thought the Lucha Brothers might be the tag team. Yeah. Nobody in so CSL, too. nobody in CMLL is even relatively at that point. I don't even know any active tag teams are there that aren't tag teams that just go over there to work a show. Yeah, no, I don't either, man. Like I said, I don't get it. Yeah, you can't just have something just because somebody else has it. It has to work. And the problem with it is, yeah, you'll get that Mexican market. You'll just get that Mexican market that hasn't seen the Lucha Brothers yet. Pretty much. <laughs> and that's a small market. Yeah. So you see what I mean, though? Like, that's the problem. When they want to get something, they don't think about all the details involved in the thing that they're trying to get. And they get it just because somebody else has it. Yeah, like you want your own your own Lucha Lucha Brothers tough shit. You had you you know technically they could have had that. Kalisto, I think, would have could have been like the next Rey Mysterio. Like yeah. Kalisto was amazing when I first saw him in Evolve. You know? Kalisto could have easily been to that level. Yeah, man. Anybody who wants to see some good Kalisto, look up Sam Ray Del Sol. Yeah, they're the same person. You know, look him up. Sam Ray Del Sol is his real name, is what they used to call him. And that dude had incredible matches. Incredible. Looked excellent. High-level lucha stuff. Very good lucha thing. Yeah, those were the good lucha things. Yeah. Not what we got now. Where he's yeah. throwing Fortnite pinatas and shit. Like, no. He had a very good lucha thing. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk some tattoos, believe it or not. Why not? Because a couple good tattoos came up. We hardly ever talk about stuff like that. But Sarah Logan showed off one of her new tattoos. Yeah, it's a badass tattoo, too. I'm going to link you guys to it in the chat room here. That looks awesome. Doesn't it? Yeah. But uh, look at this. It's not just the shoulder, though. Watch. Wow. That is awesome. So I don't have any tattoos I want on at some point, but I'm a fan of tattoos. That is sick. Yeah, she says, what a professional. When I heard that Sacred Knot Tattoo was going to be in the States, I jumped at the opportunity to be tattooed by him and was not disappointed. Beautiful. That is incredible. It looks like that might have been a birthday present because he did just recently have a birthday, so, which is kind of cool. Uh, I guess when she and uh, the Raiders got to the airport, she got surprised by Ruby Ryan, who she hasn't seen since Ruby's been hurt. So. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was actually kind of cool. I was like, those two are, all three of them are still so close, even though they haven't been together in so long, but... Yeah, they shitted on that team. They used to use them to, to fluff the whole middle of Raw, the Riot Squad. Yeah. And then they just one day just abandoned them. They literally held down that whole middle block for these guys, man. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's such a thankless freaking business to have them off the air like that. You know. I've been saying for months, like, they need to put Sarah with the Raiders. Not only is it going to give Sarah something to do, not only is it going to add a little bit of a vibe to the Raiders... It's Sarah's husband, for God's sakes. Roe is Sarah's husband. Those two are married for people who didn't know. I think uh, I think uh, Hanson was their best man. Yeah. And also, in tattoo news, Heath Slater. I'm going to bring that up here real quick and take a look. I hope to see I got kids. Tell me it's I got kids. Damn it. <laughs> no, it's not going to be I got kids. <laughs> I can dream, okay? <laughs> oh, that is nice. What is that, like Ooh. a forest or some shit? It looks like it's a highway, a forest, and then like a large like plane. Huh. Or maybe the sky or something. And yeah, George, the ride along with uh, the Raiders and Logan was really funny. 
Yeah, I watched most of it. The one I, I swear I think my two favorite ride logs, ironically, Sarah Logan's been in both of them. It was the one where it was a riot squad and then that newest one. Mm. It was the moment I realized Sarah Logan's the funniest person I've ever seen in my life. But yeah, it's pretty really, really cool looking tattoos. Yeah, you must have a lot of tattoo resistance to get the one like Logan got though. Right? Don't like those tattoos don't take like two seconds. That's a lot of pain for a long amount of time. And it, something tells me that one had to have taken multiple sessions. Because if he did that all in one shot, that bitch is a savage. Yeah. So here's a bit of funny news. Did you see the preview on the cable guide for this past Tuesday Smackdown? I didn't. Oh, God, I'm scared. The oh, fun God. Just doesn't, the, the fun just doesn't end with this company. I think they need the to set- just restaff at this the point. Setup, the, the setup you had scared me more than anything. Oh, boy. Like I said, I think they just need to restaff. So this was the description. If you were looking, if you were browsing your TV guide this week and you wanted to see what was going on on SmackDown, this is what the description says. It's all out pandemonium on this episode of SmackDown. In the main event, the unlikely team of Shane McMahon, The Rock, and Kane battle D-Generation X. What role will Stone Cold Steve Austin play in all of this? Edge goes one-on-one with... Hold the fuck (laughs) Wait, Edge goes one-on-one with Hardcore Holly. I can't even begin to figure out how that mistake happened. Hold the fuck on. <laughs> what? <laughs> <There's> so- <laughs> that card's a little inaccurate. Thank God they put the card subject to change on these things, right? Oh. Someone's going to go to demanding their Edge versus Hardcore Holly match. Oh my God. Somebody's going to be like, where's my Sparky plug, David? I thought the Rock and Kane were fighting the Generation X. What kind of bullshit is this? Who's this Kevin Owens? Oh, oh man. My I can't God. even I wish I understood how their system worked that that would even be a mistake possible to make. Is that worse than like somebody's Google search popping up on Impact? And yeah, we're hearing and it's funny because we're hearing that the company sent out the advertising to the cable providers. So it's not like we can even say that the cable companies fucked up. This is what the cable companies were told to put down. So this is what you wonder. <laughs> It, even even impact hasn't fucked up that bad. Oh, Yo, <laughs> don't y'all let that shit happen when AEW Weekly shows up. Yeah, but um, the mistakes don't end there. Oh, I wish they did. So as you guys know, WWE's been copywriting stuff recently since they're on the defense. They want to make sure they they own all their shit. So I'm just gonna name some of the stuff that they copyrighted: The Forgotten Sons. Marina Shafir, which how the hell do you copyright? Isn't that her actual name? Yeah, that's what they do nowadays. That's the same thing they do with Riddle. Uh, Jessamine Duke. Actual name. Tainara. Vanessa Bourne. Jaya Lee. Dakota Kai. And Lo Shirai. No. Yep, Lo Shirai. No. You know good old no. Lo Shirai, right? Dealer's no. half Asian no, system. No, 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 no. Lo Shirai. The dummy of the ground, low Shirai. So, while we're on the air, we might want to quickly go and copyright Eo Shirai, since that's what should have been copyrighted. You know, oh let them, God, let them keep good old low Shirai. <laughs> they should give her the sky high as one of her signatures. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know what I'm going to do? 2K, I don't care if he's not in the game. Put D-Lo's entrance in the new game. Just so I could have low Shirai in my youth. Oh my god. Low down Shirai. 
No. <laughs> How though? I, I I just want to see EO do the shaky leg kick just one time. Just just EO, if you're listening, just please do me that one favor. Just. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You ever feel re- you, ever, you ever just feel way smarter than you used to it in just, just moments like this? Like moments like this, I'm just like, how do you dress yourself in the morning? Like, I almost hope you get the copyright too. Yeah, right. Make her bring, bring out one of her sisters or something, or bring out someone else to be low Shirai now. Since you just, just, for just so like if she ever leaves and they'd be like, "Oh, we have the copyright for Eo Shirai." No, you have the copyright for low Shirai. AEW should troll them and copyright Dio Brown. <laughs> oh shit, Dio Brown! You, you have a new feature called the High Up. Oh. <laughs> Let's see if we can. Uh, here we go. I'm trying. Oh god, I'm scared. So what you gonna do? <laughs> Why do I see EO walking down the ramp? Oh my god. I think they better recognize their mistake. <laughs> or hurt yourself, Stacey. You fuck around and get whiplash. I'll laugh at you. I swear I will. All right, let's move on with these <gasps> stories here. Low Shirai. So, um, Luke Gallows, there was some shit that went down with Luke Gallows, huh? Did really? You hear, did you hear about this one? I heard something happened, but I didn't hear specifically what. Yeah, let me see if I can get you uh, caught up here. Let's see here. So, apparently, there's a female fan who anonymously contacted Ringside News. And, uh... According to them, they said they've seen photographic evidence of her having Tinder conversations with Luke Gallows. And uh, her recollection is that she met him in February and he messaged her and he actually didn't even. I kind of like how she says she act, I actually didn't even sleep with him. Oh, good. Good for you. Oh, you got to clarify that shit, like. Yeah. Uh, so when she met with him in Australia, uh, he kept messaging her and she thought that he was interested. And when she found out that he was coming to Singapore, uh, they decided to catch up. And he was very flirty with her and she was sitting on his lap. And AJ told him when they were at dinner that he was showing, uh, pics of her. So that gave her further indication that Gallows must be interested. And then she slept with him. And uh, the next day, she only saw him for like two minutes because he had, she, she bumped into him at the mall and she wasn't happy. And she says that if someone comes to see you from another country, you would assume that you would make an effort. And he got her tickets to the show and uh, she let it go. And he did say he wanted to see her again. And after he came back from the States, she hardly heard from him and confronted him. And he basically said he's too busy for any kind of a relationship. And then he blocked her. And a week later, unblocked her to say that he was sorry, and that that, and, and that was the day that he did the Chasing Glory podcast. And uh, she said she was watching it, and then basically Carl Anderson rips into him for being in a single streak, and he goes, um, "He's off the single streak," and it rang a bell in her head. So she went to his social media and uh, Facebook, and seen three days later after she told, um, after he told her that he was too busy. Um, he was in a relationship with someone else, I guess, and and he told her, and this is why him and that person who he's with now got matching tattoos after a month because she actually doesn't trust him, according to this angry woman. And uh, yeah, 
I don't know. Now she wants reimbursement for for going to Singapore because she went there under false pretenses. <laughs> 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 That is crazy. <sighs> All right, listen. Um, what the hell? <laughs> All right, so here, let's look at these 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 messages. Why not? Right? Fuck it. <laughs> then we'll, we won't judge until we look at the messages. Let's go to ringside and check these messages out here. Let's see what the hell's going on. This is the photographic evidence. So there's the thing of him. Hello, gorgeous. How are you? Do we need the music? For, ironically, the OC music from yesterday. That we get Fuck out? it. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, how, how messed up is that? <laughs> Tell me her name was Patty. Please do this for He's like, hello, gorgeous. How are you? And she's like, I'm good. And you? Hello, I'm actually a huge WWE fan. How's Tinder life? What brings you on here? It's such a weird place to come across WWE guy. Oh, cool. We have a show at Rogers Arena tonight. Then we fly down to the Washington State in the end. Yeah, we're going to go but today, but the only time I can talk to my mom. Tinder is okay. A little weird. This is casual shit. Good you, blah, blah, blah. Starting to pack. Hey, do you want me to message you on here or Tinder when I get to Singapore? Either one or text me. And then she censors out the number that he gives here. At the airport, I'll be leaving to go to my hotel. Okay, we're drinking by the river. When you get to your hotel and get cleaned up, you should Uber down here. Does the river have a name? Have you eaten? I'm starving. Marina Bay? Yeah, we didn't say lobster. They have a million restaurants down here. Come on, on my way. Sweet. So which one in here is him and which one's her? I'm getting confused. It looks like... Oh, God. If it's what I'm thinking... He would be... On... Yeah, he'd be the one on the left. He'd be the okay. one on the right. Can I see you before you go at the break? It was lovely seeing you again. I would definitely love to catch up again. That was something I wanted to chat about. Sorry, my server brutal left. Okay. So what does this prove so far? There's nothing really... Oh, so this may be her finally asking him about the relationship. So is it mutual? I've just been curious, that's all, and I haven't been able to have an actual conversation with you. It's a bit frustrating, actually. Just be honest with me. And then he says, at the moment, I'm not interested in any type of relationship or LDR. I'm too busy. Long distance relationship. Fair enough. I just wish you would have told me this earlier. I'm a little disappointed, but thanks for your honesty. Maybe I might see you around at the Australian tour if you, whatever, gets cut off there. And then after that, he was in a relationship with Bethany Gearhart, which I don't know who that is. <laughs> You're a dick. Look at that. So are we going to talk? Oh, You're a dick. Wonderful. I love that she did that. So let me see how long between the so are we going to talk and the You're a dick. Man, I wish I knew what the day was because the are we going to talk is the August 20th and then You're a dick just as today at 338. I hope you don't. Why don't you pick up the phone and apologize? You left me hanging. I'm so hurt and insulted. You think this is sufficient. I'm pretty under- understanding, but you didn't even communicate this to me. Anyway, so it's just her proving that this whole thing did happen to her. How do you feel about it? Do you think that that woman scorned is justified or? I mean, do you think her releasing these texts is justified? It does sound like he somewhat did ignore her. But I mean, he's a wrestler. 
Exactly. He only has like a career and I have to travel the road all the time. Like Yeah. I don't know what she wanted. Does she want him to want to get married? No, bitch is crazy. I'm just saying, man. Bitches be crazy. Lucky we can't put that. Man, that can only be the episode title. (laughs) Yeah, you see you read my mind. Yeah. And like Stacy said, she was a smash and go. She was expecting too much. She was a smash and go expecting too much. I mean, I mean, you never know. Maybe it was like ATL. Maybe he just wanted some cutty. You don't know. I don't know what the hell he wanted. I don't know what was going on there. Maybe he just wanted to pass and go and collect 200. You don't fucking know. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, what do you think this is? So uh, there's basically been this new speculation going around, according to Dave Meltzer, about the fact that California is going to be adopting a new legislation that's going to make them change the way workers in the state are considered independent workers versus them being considered employees of the company in which they work for. Meltzer went on, due to the fact that this legislation is going to be passed, to discuss the possibility of this affecting WWE and AEW in the sense that when they travel to these states, their employees will be considered employees, not independent workers, which will make them have to avoid the states or adjust to the new laws, which could soon be potentially adopted by other states, which would sort of funnel them in. But basically, a fan on Twitter that's pretty historically critical to uh, Meltzer corrected him and said, this is just wrong. Two seconds of checking with an employment lawyer, a thing reporters do when reporting on laws affecting employment statuses, and this could have been explained to him. I know I often sound like an asshole complaining about some of the things Dave Meltzer reports on, but things like today with California Bill AB5 are the type of things that make me wonder about his reporting of other things. He's reported that this law will greatly affect pro wrestling, just to show that I do, in fact, read what I'm complaining about. Here's the snippet from a May Observer. This is just wrong. Two seconds of checking with an employment lawyer, a thing reporters do when reporting on laws affecting employment statuses, and this could be explained to him. In simplistic terms, this law applies to California-based companies and California-based employees for work done in California or employment contracts made in California. This is not WWE. This is not AEW. This is not UFC. One of those companies running a show in California does not transform one of their contracted performers into employee. This will still be an independent contractor. So if you would take two seconds of checking to determine this, why did Dave Meltzer report this in May, then further tweet about it as a major issue for WWE today? It's because he didn't do proper legwork and got it wrong. And if he gets something this easy to have explained wrong, what else does he get wrong via not checking out properly? That's my concern with his status as the... as the permanent journalist in wrestling i've tagged him in this not to be a dick but to be direct about these complaints so uh i always say take the dave melsa stuff with a grain of salt and i was saying on here just on the poll show last night you got to read between the lines and sometimes the stuff that he says is speculation based on the information he receives no different than us and sometimes yeah. frankly any one of us will be just as good or better of a speculator as he is anyone can look and that's what that guy was alluding to anybody can look at the labor laws and go oh well this must mean that wwe is going to have to change but then if you don't really look at it you're just speculating it's not actual information and that's what happened a lot with, with Meltzer. I'm not saying that he doesn't have some inside sources, but I'm saying that he really stretches those inside sor- sources. No different than Ringside and these other dirt sheets who stretch the information they get from Meltzer. They'll take one sentence that he says, and they'll make it into an entire link. It'll be a full headline. And in the center of that headline, between all of the fluff of them interrupt, in th- their intro, their body has three paragraphs. It's the intro, what Meltzer says, and the outro. The bulk of it is in the middle, 
which is what Meltzer says, the poison behind that is that sometimes what Meltzer says is completely based on speculation and opinion. So this is what shuffling through the dirt sheets has become nowadays. If you look at the average dirt sheet, it usually has an opening. Okay. So if it's talking about something like, um, I don't know, give me a topic, Destin. Some of the top I'll make a dirt sheet right now. Name a wrestler or something. Anything. Uh, fucking Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy. So let's just say that the story is about Orange Cassidy now getting a push because he's with the best friends. Right? That'll be the article. Orange Cassidy's possible push with best friends. First paragraph will be something like Orange Cassidy has gotten a niche audience that has come to like him and he's gotten over with the indie fans and, it'll, you know, and, and stuff like that. And it'll say and, and now he's recently aligned himself with the best friends. All information that we already know. Then then the middle will be something like um, just basically saying that it's it's apparent that this guy is going to be, you know, set for great things. Because he's teaming with his team and he's going to be elevated. And then there'll be like one quote from Elsa that'll say, they're probably going to elevate him with the best friends. Then the end paragraph will be something like, only time will tell what happens with Orange Cassidy and the best friends. AEW set to premiere this upcoming October. It's like, what information was really in there? And I just made that one up, but that's the formula that they use. Pretty much. Oh, Nelson yeah. just said one sentence. Oh, Orange Cassidy is probably going to get elevated. And they made a whole story about his elevation that doesn't even really exist. That's the speculation of the dirt sheets. That's why I say take a lot of that shit with a grain of salt. Take the information that you can prove and that you can see when you get tweets, screenshots, images from wrestlers, Instagrams, or Facebooks. But a lot of the stuff that's just common sense speculation, you can do that yourself. It's just called using your brain. It's not a dirt sheet. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why they are. I don't know why it's like that, man. You tell me. I guess because people clickbait. It's all clickbait. You have to realize most of the dirt sheet stuff is quick clickbait. Not all of it. And I appreciate the stuff that's actual journalism, but most of it really isn't nowadays. From the top to the I bottom. I see it. I've actually been seeing a lot of that when it when it comes to two K twenty as a play. <laughs> oh yeah. Like the one I keep seeing is um they keep using um a shot from I believe a little a tad bit of like the entrance gameplay they showed from the showcase mode, and they're like, "Oh, Becky Lynch's model's out of date." Because basically, what it is, it's Becky in her man attire, but it's with her original Titantron. When common sense tells anybody with half a brain in their head that there was a time before when Becky first became a man, when she still had her old Titantron, she didn't immediately get switched to the man Titantron. That came after a little while. Yeah, but now, but now YouTubers because they can't actually get anything else to make themselves relevant. They're like, "Oh, two K twenties out of date already," and it's like, "No, dummy! Like you're paying attention to things." Yeah. In other news, Kevin Owens posted a picture, very unique picture here. I won't spoil. I'll show it on the screen first. But he titled the picture "My Daughter and Her Friend," and uh, most people found it to be a very touching picture. We're going to put it up on the screen here. Oh, look at that. Kevin Owens' daughter and her friend. Very familiar friend. Yeah. If anybody ever seen Tommaso Ciampa before. So I just thought it was interesting. One of the few times you'll see good old Tommaso Ciampa. And, uh, Looks healthy. And he's being a nice guy. Look at that. He's with Kevin Owens' kids. That's beautiful, man. Yeah, from what I've heard, like anybody who's ever met his kids, like you instantly fall in love with him. Yeah, I want to see a Tommaso Ciampa, even though he makes a great heel. Imagine a mean guy like that turning it around and being a babyface. This picture makes me believe. Yeah. You know? Like, that's like that. That's the coolest thing you can see right there. Like, because <laughs> like, we all know, like, Owen's, lo- Owen, like, his family is his life. So 
it's just kind of funny to see like it's actually really just cool to see that like a lot of the wrestlers who get that close to his family they're pretty much in a sense their family like, that might as well be uncle champa mm-hmm. yeah very cool stuff man yeah well in other news the next story is quite interesting i don't even know how the hell this happened oh christ um, don't worry we're headed there seth rollins discovered that he has a long lost brother and sister i heard about this yeah isn't that weird as hell the funny thing is i can i can relate to that story it's just it's a really cool moment to realize there's another part of you somewhere out there there he is with his new brother yep that's that's i I saw this picture that's that is awesome he said, in a wild turn of events, I recently found out that I have a brother and sister, not pictured. I never knew existed. Thank you, 23andMe, for bringing people together. Life is crazy, awesome, awesome thing, and we are all insanely lucky to get to experience it. What the hell is 23andMe? Is it like a thing that reunites people? Oh, look, there, there it is on the bottom next to them. It's well, Since he tagged it, it's a place, I guess, where they, an ancestry place? Something like that. that Something of that nature. But yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder if he's a wrestling fan. If he is, that, that that turned out very lucky for him, right? I mean, you got to find out that your brother is a universal champion. I'd be excited too. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, I mean, I can relate to that. Like me and my brother, uh, me and my older brother didn't meet until I think I was maybe 21. We found out we were each other a few years earlier, and then we finally get to meet, and it's been fantastic since. It's always cool, like, when you meet a sibling at later years because then you get to know you, you pretty much get to know somebody in your life and it's just it's a really cool thing to know oh, that's cool man yeah it's really cool me and my brother have been so close ever since we met it's just we didn't even grow up together but as close as we are you think we did so it's it's, it's awesome that's that's incredible for Seth. like you could main event as many wrestlers main as you want but when you meet your other half nothing beats that yeah well, he has two halves apparently i wonder why the sisters yeah. are in the picture yeah, maybe she was taking the picture. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe she doesn't want to be famous. <laughs> she doesn't want to wind up in the storyline. She gets kidnapped by, like, The Undertaker or some shit, right? No, I'm going to tell you what she did. She doesn't want that. I'm your brother's biggest fan, dong, in the inbox. Oh, boy. You you know you know people crazy. Come on, man. So, uh, <laughs> Bellator. I never thought you'd hear me so start a sentence with that, right? Because who cares? I'm just kidding. From land of retired UFC fighters. Yeah. Bellator is negotiating to have a new MMA fighter, TJP, good old TJ Perkins. Oh. Is he a fighter that I don't know about? I know he's had some like training when it comes to jujitsu and stuff, but I've never known him to be like a full blown, like full time fighter. That's not a good idea. Like, why do wrestlers think they could become overnight fighters, even just because they took a few jujitsu classes or, you know? Or in karate class anymore. from all the kids and shit. You know, this is, you understand what you're going in. This is the fucking octagon. You know what I mean? These people trained their entire lives and they were like Olympic champions and were in all kinds of competitions of judo and, 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 and kickboxing and shit like that before they crossed over into this sport. And then they used like all of the stuff that they learned from those other martial arts and combined it here, which is why they call it mixed martial arts. They're literally combining several styles of martial arts together into a fight where they can use anything that they've learned from anything they've ever been in to fight you. And you're going to take a fucking couple of classes and fight these people? <laughs> You know what I mean? It was crazy when CM Punk was doing it. Like, I don't think people understand why it's called mixed martial arts. It's not because, like, they're being innovative and they're coming up with shit on the fly. It's because they're literally learning several different forms of martial arts, mastering all of the techniques of those forms and making it into one big form of martial arts. 
You know how fucking dangerous that is? To have someone like a master of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu who's also a kickboxing master and knows Taekwondo and Judo and all that other shit. And they keep learning as they go along. You can't just go from wrestling to fighting somebody like that. They're literal fucking killing machines. It's really getting on my nerve as much of a wrestling fan as I am. It's almost like it's like people are losing the concept here. As ridiculous as it is for MMA fighters to retire into wrestling, it's even more ridiculous for wrestlers to retire into MMA. Yeah. The transition for the MMA fighters is way easier, believe me. <laughs> In most cases, if these wrestlers came across these guys with just one thing, like just Ronda and her judo, you know, or just, you know, anything like that, like without having the mixed aspect of it, you'd still be in a lot of trouble. You know, you got to look at the fact that these people who came like Rhonda's a good example, like maybe she didn't have mastery, but she's someone who was a judo master, a judokai, you know, and then went from that to learning, even if her striking's not at the top tier level, she's been in enough fights now that she has striking, right? Yeah, she, you know? she developed a striking game. Look at that shit. Are you kidding me? You're going to have like TJP go in there and fight people. And even if you get somebody at his level, like, oh, let's get a guy who has a record of 2-0 and or whatever. Then why even do it at that point? What's the point of the whole thing? When I look at MMA, we want to see people, masters of this sport, operating at the highest level, performing at the highest possible tier level. I don't need to see somebody with a 2-0 and record. You Sad know what part I mean? is, nowadays, a lot of mixed martial arts companies have forgotten what it used to be about back in ufc one it wasn't about getting a guy who used to be a wrestler it was style versus style seeing who, who was the best now a lot of these companies only see the dollar signs and i'm like you're losing why a lot of people became a fan of your sport it wasn't for the big money fights or any of that shit it was watching two guys beat the shit out of each other with these high level skills yeah so i get a little bit annoyed with that kind of stuff you know, like I still watch the UFC nowadays, but it's like it's it's not even become the priority anymore because all I hear about is the fights that are going to make the most money, not the fights that are actually the best. Yeah. And um, and a TJP fight wouldn't shouldn't even really make that much money. It's not like he's known for anything martial arts related. He's not at all. The most thing he's known for outside of being the Cruiserweight Classic would be a suicide. That's it. Mm hmm. So um, did you see the uh, what was that? The Sasha Banks Confidential? Oh, the the Chronicles? I have the not Chronicles? yet. But yeah, I've heard a little bit about it here and there. Yeah, I watched. I just figured I would give you guys a little coverage on that. I highly recommend watching it. It was really good. She debunked a lot of the rumors, which goes back to why I say take the dirt sheets with a grain of salt. That's the reason we don't take this show as seriously, because it's all become such levels of chuffa. But uh, she just said that whole thing about her crying on the floor and, you know, all that other stuff. She said it was nonsense. Even though the in-character, I know the in-character Sasha on on her return said that she did do all of that. But out of character, out of kayfabe, she said that it was nonsense and that nothing like that had ever happened. And she did go into a lot of the reasons why she left and uh, just that she wasn't... It just sounds like she had like a lot of issues. She needed to like take a step back. She said that she had to go to therapy. She actually went to crystal healing classes. She went to a psychic. She meditated. You know, she did some soul searching because at the time she just wasn't enjoying herself. Yeah, know? that's the vibe I kind of got when she left. Like she just she needed to get away from it for a little bit. Yeah, and uh, she said a lot of it also had to do with the thing with Paige. If you guys recall, when she was in the ring, she's the one who hit Paige in the back of the head or in the back of the neck when Paige fell forward at that house show, and that was the last of Paige. And at the time, there was a lot of heat on Sasha, especially from fans who were basically saying that she ended uh, Paige's career. 
And it was something that really got to her because of the pride that she takes in being a safe worker towards others. And the fact that uh, people were, you know, she was taking heat for a pre-existing injury. And it uh, it just bothered her, you know, like all of these things, I guess, compiled with the workload. And let's, let's be realistic, even though she didn't talk too much about it. The fact that they weren't using her the way that she wanted to be used, that doesn't come up because it's a WWE product. They're not going to shit on themselves. But at the end of the day, I think ultimately the part missing from that documentary is the stuff about the fact that she didn't like the way she was being used. She didn't like being overlooked. She didn't like that other people's pushes were also um, superseding her own. And I don't blame her for a lot of that. Yeah, you know, the girl put in a lot of work and I just get pushed to the side. And I do think that for a while there was some heavy touch and go and they don't probably go into the semantics of it. They make it sound like they contacted her and, you know, she they said, hey, are you ready to come back? And she went, you know, I think I am when I fucking think that it more or less went, hey, you ready to come back? No. Hey, you ready to come back? No. Hey, you ready to come back? No. Hey, you ready to come back? You know, that like there was a lot more in between. They they went out of their way to try to get her. We know that there were talks. And I always said that take the crying on the floor with a grain of salt. But the other shit is definitely possible that it happened to her. Yeah. You know, but she said that when she went out for WrestleMania, she felt nothing. That's yeah, that's never when you go out for WrestleMania, People on the pre-show are ecstatic to be there. When you go out to WrestleMania and you just don't feel anything, you need to take a break. Yeah, she said that that's when she knew that she was done. Because this is a girl who had her cousin sing her out. She got to have gear inspired by her hero. And then she showed up on the same stage two years later and doesn't feel a thing. Yeah, no, it's definitely not good that she felt that way, you know. All right. Well, in other news, the wrestling world continues to change in many ways because we're going to talk a little bit about Impact Wrestling. Yeah, they get a new home. Yeah. Impact Wrestling. Uh, apparently, what basically happened was Anthem. You guys remember Anthem, right? That's the company that owns Ring of Honor, if I'm correct. I think so. Well, they bought... um the majority stake of Access TV last week. Access TV was the channel that New Japan Pro Wrestling came on. It was the channel WOW Women of Wrestling came on. Yeah, a lot of, uh, I guess you would call them indie MMA companies as well, show up on Access. Right. But Anthem bought them. And actually, you know what? Anthem is the ones that own, I'm sorry, I don't know why I said Ring of Honor. Anthem are the ones that own Impact. So Anthem now bought Access TV. So they now own a channel that they can put impact on. They bought access. Problem solved. And it's a a pretty good channel. Yeah. And uh, access is extremely popular. Yeah. So good for them. You know, like it's not extremely popular. I wouldn't go that far. But uh, I mean, it's it's definitely a lot better than where they were. Yeah. They're not homeless anymore. It's a channel. you You tell somebody, hey, I'm watching this on access. At least. Maybe eight, seven out of ten people that I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Whereas you go, you talk about they're on, what was it, Pop TV? And they're just like, is that the TV guy channel? Like, <laughs> Yeah. So they're very happy to be moving to Access TV. And quite frankly, you can't blame them. Yeah. You know. For them. And, uh, yeah, so they have a safe, they have a safe. This is going to happen immediately after uh, Bound for Glory. So now they're going to be off of that channel that kept screwing up. Yeah. Access doesn't do Google searches. They use yeah. Bing like a normal person. No, I'm kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, but that that's awesome for them, though. That is really good for all of them. Yeah. 
But um, unfortunately, this merger also means that there were some people that had to be let go between um, what was left of Access TV. And ironically, one of the people that are no longer going to be a part of Access, his name is Adam Swift. Adam Swift is the person on Access TV that was the reason why Ring of Honor years ago used to be on HDNet. If you remember back then, I used to watch Ring of Honor on a channel called HDNet before it was online or anything else. And uh, he's in the Dallas office, which is being shut down. And uh, he released a statement saying, this is my last Access TV, my last week of Access TV after 11 amazing years. Proud of all that, that we accomplished. Blessed to have worked with so many wonderful people and excited for the next adventure. So um, he's gone now. You know, yeah. even even Cody Rhodes tweeted him and said, thank you for bringing wrestling to access. A lot of folks, myself included, benefited greatly from an alternative wrestling product being on TV. Thanks for being an ally to the sport. So that's one of the changes that comes in this. And uh, one of the other changes you have to think about is Anthem just purchased Access TV. They can move their wrestling company impact to it. So New Japan and women of wrestling are probably now the ones that are out of a house. Could be. You know. According to PW Insider, the New Japan and women of wrestling shows are preempted next week. And instead, they're going to be airing some 2019 Farm Aid concert. So you got to think about that. This new company came over that, that owns Impact Wrestling. They bought this channel. And now, suddenly, the wrestling, the New Japan, and the and the WoW that used to be on there is already gone. Impact made a swift move with that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. They sure did. So um, we'll see what happens there. But also, in other news, we're hearing that uh, MVP won the World Class Revolution title. What the fuck is that? I, I didn't even know he still wrestled half the time, to tell you the truth. This is an Impact Wrestling story. Did they, they have a World Class Revolution title? In I, did, I don't think they do. <laughs> he had a World Class Revolution Championship match against Chavo Guerrero. And in the end, he won. And this is his first title win in Impact? Really? This, this, this was in Impact. Because I was like, I don't think Chavo's in Impact. Is he? And what, it's a oh, title what? I never heard of. I mean, this says this happened in Impact. During, during Impact. What the hell? During Victory Road, apparently during Victory Road, MVP fought Chavo for something called the World Class Revolution title. I mean, we know Impact does stuff with other companies. I guess maybe they just did like, a, I guess what, was this, whatever this other company is, just got like, uh, I, I don't even know. I'm so confused. I don't recognize that belt. You see it? I've never seen that belt before. Fuck is that? That's gotta <laughs> be like another company that like impact maybe had a deal with where it's like hey we're doing victory road do you guys want to have one of your matches over here or something because that's what stuff like their code red and like uk invasion shows where it was like other companies doing business with them yeah so impact wrestling new channel they kicked out a whole bunch of other wrestling companies right now and um the other issue there's been some stuff going on with killer cross right yeah he's been (laughs) He's had some sort of an issue with them. He had a first blood match at Slammiversary, but uh, he didn't blade, which pissed them off. Um, and uh, I guess there was a reason, like there was some sort of thing where he didn't, he was worried about uh, blood testing, which I guess Impact Wrestling doesn't do regularly or some shit like that. Something happened that made him uncomfortable about blading for Impact. And they wound up having to use fake blood from what I understand. And, uh, 
they basically had some sort of a falling out and then he wanted to get his release but they don't want to release him they instead offered him a deal for forty thousand dollars with a limited schedule but he didn't want that and according to the wrestling observer there's a lot of wrestlers in impact who like killer cross and uh they just want him to get his release you know but they're holding him to these contracts they're lucha undergrounding him yeah so that's what's happening in regards to that and also uh there was apparently some sort of a storyline impact he just continues to go on here apparently they were doing some sort of a storyline um with brian cage marrying melissa santos um this actually yeah because like they're actually married in real life yeah they're married in real life so impact did an angle and uh apparently when they were going to shoot the scenes for the wedding it was an extremely early start time and according to the wrestling observer um ethan page was complaining and said that it would be nice to have something to drink and then uh jimmy jacobs who now works for impact wrestling apparently snapped and just cut a promo where um he basically said that if people didn't like it then they don't need to be here and he went off but then halfway through he stopped himself and just tried to walk off i guess his frustrations so there's definitely some stress and frustration in the impact offices i don't know what to tell you about that one man yeah yeah give people their vh splash right yeah it'd be nice to have something to drink around here where my volume of water kind of bullshit is this yeah right where's my perrier or whatever (laughs) (laughs) oh that's fucked up i drink that shit that's terrible oh god (laughs) all right well our next story involves a former wwe superstar and he's seven feet tall and you can't teach that but you can definitely shorten it by having him have to sit on the fucking curb he ain't seven feet tall when he's sitting (laughs) that was great you know? Oh, shit. So, um, holy shit, right? Jesus, what you doing, man? What you doing? I don't know what he's doing. So, um, basically, according to Wrestling Observer Brian Alvarez, he said that Big Cash showed up to an indie event and he was belligerent. He started to, he tried to start a fight with Joey Janela about that situation a few weeks back with him and Enzo when they were like at the Blink-182 concert and they started circling each other, which I didn't even think was a real storyline. And uh, basically he threatened Joey Janela and then there's speculation that he may have even slapped Joey Janela. Um, I don't know. But then um, he started getting upset. He claimed that someone stole his jacket or his sweater and he started threatening everyone in the locker room that if he didn't find his sweater, he was going to do shit to them. And then he got into a confrontation with Pat Buck. And this was Pat Buck's farewell show because he, he was going to be working the main event. And uh, they were doing a farewell even for him because uh, Pat Bell is going to be WWE, going to WWE to be a producer. So, uh, yeah, this big incident happens. And according to Fightful, um, when Big Cass first showed up, everything seemed to be okay. And Enzo and Cass were fine about Joey Janela at the Northeast Wrestling Show that Friday. But when he showed up that Saturday, he went to shake everyone's hand in the locker room. Then he started going in and out of his car multiple times throughout the night. And uh they said that him going in and out of his car sort of ruined the surprise of him being there because, you know, you have this giant guy going in and out of his car. And um according to WrestlePro, um, 
that to make sure people were guarding the doors of the event, they didn't want him doing anything erratic, especially during the Janela match. The only thing I could think of is maybe he had some booze in his car and he was going out to drink it because that's what people who are fucked up do. You know, they have yeah. shit strategically placed somewhere where they can go that would make sense for them to be there and then drink a little, come back, you know, keep chilling then come back and keep doing it, which Pretty is. Much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, that's just my speculation of why he'd be going to his car and coming back and forth. You're not going to drink in front of people, but you could keep a fucking drink in your car, you know. But at the same time, I question how nobody would have smelled it on him. If you're not drinking alcohol, you could smell alcohol a mile away. But, uh. PW Insider then went on to report that Big Cass wasn't even advertised to be at the Reciprocal event. You know, this was supposed to be a surprise, which is why they didn't want him walking back and forth like that. And, um, yeah, so they, they said that he was going from person to person asking about his sweater, and he accused everyone of stealing it, and he said he was going to take care of people, quote-unquote, take care of people. Yeah, bada-boom, huh? <laughs> and, uh-huh. <laughs> He's stupid. <laughs> they said that he ended up in a smaller backstage room with AEW stars SCU and Pat Buck, who were putting together their match for the main event. And he started to accuse everyone in the room of stealing his stuff and acting threatening and threatening to fight them. He then turned to Pat Buck and he said, what are you going to do, tough guy, and spit in Pat Buck's face? And then Pat Buck um, punched him out. Hmm. That's a surprise. Again, I read this at the same time. I, I noticed at a time, wow, I punched him out. And he fell to the ground after receiving one punch. I mean, I'm really, really offended and upset. As a wrestling fan, I'm really offended and upset that in a locker room like this, no one had their fucking phone out. Right. Like, come on, guys. Are you shitting me right now? Somebody got punched out in the locker room and we don't have any of that shit to put to put on this show. It could have been the greatest gift ever. That could have been the artwork on its own. I'm so angry that I have to look at this picture of him with the cops. Instead of what should be on the screen, which is the loop of him getting knocked out. Bada boom, got knocked out in the locker room. How are you doing? <laughs> Somebody had to do it. So the police were already in the building because the police station is right next door, conveniently enough for him. <laughs> and um, they escorted Big Cass out of the building. And uh, yeah. So the awkwardness is that there was talks of Big Cass talking about how he was open to going back to WWE. Well, Pat Buck, who just had to punch him out, is going on to become one of the WWE producers, which is why his farewell was at this show. So I don't know if Pat Buck's going to be putting in a good word for Big Caster. Yeah, I don't think so. And yeah, apparently everybody at this locker room was really pissed off that, at the guy. You know, they let the cops handle things, but it, it was very close. People felt bad for Pat Buck because it was supposed to be his big send-off. And instead he has to deal with a, a assumingly drunken Big Caster, whatever the hell was wrong with him. And, yeah, uh, Cass kind of ruined his night. Yeah, he burnt that bridge too. He's not going to be at Russell Pro anymore, obviously. And uh, after that, it said that uh, he was outside the venue and the police seemed to be searching his car. And they said that he sat on the sidewalk making remarks about himself to the police. And they called for an ambulance. Bring ambulance. Call the ambulance. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. I thought he was doing good. What the hell happened? Right? Like, wait, 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 why'd you, how'd you just incredible this? Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, yeah, and according to Fightful, um, Joey Janela was asked if he wants to press charges, and he said no. And he said the cast needs help. So, that's the reason why he didn't go to jail. And, uh, Joey Janela's quote is saying, this entire big cast situation is very concerning. 
He said, not going to elaborate at all on this whole deal, besides that it was probably the most bizarre situation I've ever seen, let alone been a part of in a wrestling locker room in 15 years. Everything was cordial and, and, and friendly Friday. And he hopes that he gets help. So, um, and yeah. Brad Shepard has reported that he got a source to confirm that it was because of alcohol that Big Cass had this incident. So, yeah, I guess I'm going to go on my assumption then that he was going back and forth to his car taking swigs of a bottle. It's the only thing it could be. That pisses me off, man. Listen, guys, and I don't want to preach to anybody on here, but you're all the more better without that shit, you know? Like, if this isn't an indication to you, this guy has demons, you know, and we've seen it with so many wrestlers besides him, you know, just don't drink that shit, man. Especially if he can't handle it, because he clearly can't. Yeah, come on, man. DDP, go pick him up. Give him Scott Hall's old bedroom. Oh, shit. You know, that's what it seems like it's going to come down to. As if he's not so damn stubborn, like. Yeah, he's going to have to go to rehab or something, even if he doesn't feel he needs it, just to show that he's changed. He's going to need to go to rehab on the WWE's bill, since he's a former superstar. Yeah, no uh, doubt. Yeah, so they let him go, but not before towing his fucking car, because he was also blocking vehicles. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. So there's that that also happened to him. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, according to Mike Johnson of PW Insider, they said that uh, he doesn't even remember much of anything that had happened. Good God. So he had a literal moment of, dude, where's my car? <laughs> you know? Dude, where's my cast? There you go. Dude, There's one. My... Oh, my God. Write it down. Yep. <laughs> we already got the artwork. I'm just saying. Oh, I can't do that. That's fucked. That would be <laughs> cruel even for our standards. <laughs> That's fucking dude. dude. Where's my cast? There he is. Dude, where's my cast? <laughs> you can act like you don't want to do it, but you know you want to do it. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, we got options. Let's do some injuries since we're talking about more bitch shit, huh? Yeah, huh? Full disclosure. Gave it to okay. Our car book at work. No, I'm kidding. All right. What the hell do we got going on here today? Elias is only going to be out for a few weeks due to his injury, which is the reason why they took him out of the King of the Ring, which you already know about, but it's not a major enough injury. Major enough to take him out of King of the Ring, but not major enough for him to take more than a month off. Uh, we're also hearing that uh, Drew McIntyre is out of action for the rest of September, but uh, he's hopeful that he's going to be at Hell in the Cell. And Dakota Kai, which we've talked about here quite frequently, she's going to be back in time for the NXT debut on Fox. How cool is that? They they ran a vignette of her this past week. The captain of the team kick comes home. home. Yeah, that's very cool. It's been such a long time coming, too. Yeah, because she was the one that was set to win the, uh, the, the last Mae Young, I think, right? Um, I don't know. I know they were planning on pushing her. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, it was Tegan Knox who was actually, I think, actually, set to win. yeah, it was Tegan Knox. Which, which uh, also Tegan Knox, another one. She she showed up on NXT UK. Very cool. See, everyone's coming back from injury. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. Uh, 
Jinder Mahal, as you guys know, went on the knee surgery this past June, and according to Fightful, um, he was gonna they they moved his return date. It was gonna be to the end of 2019, but they moved him back up to November. So, still pretty much the end of 2019. But, um, yeah, he'll be returning. Um, Bobby Lashley's return date has also been bumped up. He's going to be back October 14th. He's under a month away. Uh, Nasty boy Brian Knobs has a really, really bad knee infection. And um, apparently his wife has health issues. And they started a GoFundMe to help the guy. So if you're interested in helping him, there is the GoFundMe there. Carmella, we know she put something on social media, said that she recently had a health scare that shook her world. We don't know what it is, but uh, Fightful's reporting that Carmella is injured. She's on the injured list. Samoa Joe also on the injured list. And uh, EC3 and Heath Slater are also on the injury list. We don't really even know exactly why, but they're supposed to have gotten through evaluations today. So I think that by next week, we'll have a little bit better of a grasp of what they were injured with. Yeah, hopefully. Tamina Snooker, who's been out of action with a concussion, according to Fightful, she's been cleared. So you're probably going to see her back soon. Which, yeah, that would be really nice. Yeah. And uh, apparently Howard Finkel had a stroke recently, from what we heard, right? Yeah, not too long ago, I think he had a stroke. But he's okay now. He was in Madison Square Garden when they were in New York. And he was with all of his friends and stuff. He does not look like I remember him. Not at all. Holy crap. I thought he looked bad during that, that horrible... What the hell was that show? Legends House? Yeah. He was old. You know what, man? Holy shit. In Legends House, he was the fattest person. And look at how much weight he's lost. Right? Howard Finkel sitting in that chair, man. It's like I almost can't believe it. That is the Fink. Mm-hmm. That's the Fink. Jesus. Oh, it's good that he got to make it, definitely. But, I mean. Oh, it is. I'm happy he is. He did. I just can't believe it. You know, I haven't seen him in so long. Yeah. And looking at him, it's mind blowing, dude. It's nuts. Holy shit. Well, I think that's it for Andrew. Did I miss anybody? Uh, that's pretty much it. Oh, we got them all, right? Yeah. Man. That's going to stay. <laughs> it's just crazy, like, to see, like, the, the thing we saw who announced at WrestleMania 20, the one that announced CM Punk out that one night, and it's like, this is what he looks like now. It's like, oh, well, you don't see somebody for a long time, and then you just suddenly see him again. It's like, Jesus Christ. Well, I'm glad you're doing okay, Frank. I'm glad, glad he's alive, man. I'm just glad he's alive. Fuck okay, I'm glad he's alive in any capacity. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's the way things have been looking. But, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. This is maybe another reason. When these guys retire and stuff, does WWE take care of any of their medical or their, uh, I guess they have retirement. I don't know how their system works, you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, we've heard, I can't remember who it was. And, uh, they talk about, like, that Vince basically takes care of the boys long after they retire. Yeah, because he is retired. He's as retired as it gets. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He never had a podcast or anything, right? Nah. He missed that boat, I guess. It'd be interesting to hear him on. I don't know if he's been on anything recent or not, but it would definitely be interesting to hear him on and just hear how he, uh, how he's doing personally, man, because it's just something else. Yeah, he's still hanging around, though. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk a little bit of AEW news, huh? Oh, yeah. You know, there's always lots of that shit lying around. I want to get rid of it. You tell. Yeah. So, um, Kenny Omega was on being the elite. Big surprise there, right? But, um, mm-hmm. dur- during this, um, he was acting a little bit weird. And, uh, rather than explain it, I'd rather just show you guys. Egg, where the cast might just answer all your questions. <laughs> BT mailbag. First, it's that first one. Yeah. After, after all out. And everyone's, Everyone's, I know what you're thinking, you know, you're thinking, how must you feel losing the big one, huh? And how are you gonna, how are you gonna beat Moxley now if you, if you lose to Pac just like that? Well, <laughs> you think I care, hmm? Cause, I, I just, <laughs> right now I'm just, I love the people. Yeah, it's the cheers that get me through it, brother. As the cheers that get me through it. And, oh, I'm always going to look up to the high heavens. And I'm going to ask everyone for them cheers as you rain down on me. Because I love you people. I'm the one. I love you people. Uh, it's done to me, John. What's happening? Okay, is that? <sighs> Oof. That was pretty rough. Yeah, I can't put that on. Come, yeah, come on though, you. I can't. You know how hard it is to get a Kenny bit these days. You get, you gotta try to. <laughs> what? Yo, he looked like he tried to reenact the end of Scarface, and it just didn't work out. <laughs> Good. Yeah, see, that's what happens when you mix light and dark liquor, right? You just... Did you see that image, that meme that's going around that it shows Kenny Omega? Um. It's it's two dogs. It shows Kenny Omega and New Japan Pro Wrestling and this is big ferocious looking dog. And then it shows a split screen. It's like Kenny Omega and AEW and it's like this little chihuahua. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. That's fucked up, but it's kind of true. You know? uh, like yeah. They nerfed the shit out of Kenny Omega. <laughs> you know, they just Kenny Omega is beatable now. <laughs> George said he looked high. It looked like he was coming down from the high. He didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah, right. He couldn't handle it. He sounded like this was the first time he got that high. It was just like not expecting to come back down. Like we were really, really high. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> That's gonna be a new kind of high, Omega high. Yeah, and on the other side of the spectrum, we had Jericho who put up a promo on Instagram because that's where promos go when uh on the gram. Yeah, you put the you put your promo on the gram. You know, I'm gonna link you guys, and this is what he had to say. November 9th. 2019, one of the biggest days in wrestling history. 
One of the biggest moments in the storied lineage of this business happens on November 9th in Baltimore. November 9th, Chris Jericho's birthday. That's right. The champ's birthday happens at full gear, November 9th in Baltimore. And on top of that, not just the greatest day in wrestling history, but also the biggest match in AEW history happens November 9th at full gear. Chris Jericho versus Cody. And you can leave all the jokes aside and all the memes and videos and all the bubble. Let's forget about that for now. Because most importantly, you've got the clash of generations. You've got the greatest of all time by facts and figures against the greatest of all time in his own head. And don't get me wrong. Everything Cody believes about himself is true. He's the best performer in AEW. He's the most popular performer in AEW. He's the biggest personality in AEW. He's got the biggest ego as well. It's not a secret. I don't like you, Cody. I don't like your brother. I don't like your mother. I don't like your sisters. And I sure as hell don't like Dusty Rhodes, your father. That son of a bitch promised me a lot of things that never happened. Fast forward 25 years, and now this son of a bitch... You, Cody, promised me a lot of stuff that also didn't happen. But I'll promise you this. I don't like you or your family, but I love being Le Champion. And I'm going to beat the hell out of you. I'm going to teach your entitled little ass a lesson on November 9th in Baltimore. My birthday. And I'm going to continue my reign as the AEW champion. You see that? That's the real deal. And that's not going anywhere. No one's ever taken it from me ever again. When the match is done, when the dust is settled, when Cody's in the hospital crying the blues, Chris Jericho's going downtown to Baltimore. And I'm going to have the celebration of a lifetime. I'm going to be wearing my championship title around my gorgeous waist. I'm going to pop it, pop the bottle, drink a little bit of the bubbly, and celebrate all night long. The greatest birthday present I could ever receive is beating the crap out of you, Cody. Welcome to my nightmare. I don't think you're going to like it. You're welcome. On Saturday, November 9th. What an atmosphere. What a crowd here tonight. He will fight for something or fall for everything. Oh, my God. For the first time ever, AEW presents Full Gear. Look who's here. It promises to be a night of firsts. We called it a dream match before the show. A night that will live in infamy. The story is yet to be written. All Elite Wrestling presents Full Gear. Live Saturday, November 9th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Only on pay-per-view. Little bit of the bubbly. George said it as I was thinking to AEW presents the bubbly. <laughs> Would that be Jericho's equivalent to rock bottom? Like if you guys don't pay for they call it the bubbly. It's certainly better than full gear. Yeah. <laughs> you know, full gear kind of sucks. <laughs> you know, I still hate that name, you know. It sounds like when somebody makes a handheld of a of a of a console version of a video game. Still better than the soldier, but soldier console though. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's for. It's a game for the Soldier Council. Oh, uh, this is a Soldier Boy to try to make a new. So, so, Soldier Boy will, ne- next thing you know, he will hear he can with his own champagne, the Soldier Bubbly. Oh my God. Uh, you know how to do it. What is it? What is it to gear? They're going to have to have cars on it? Yeah. So what is it? Top gear. Oh, what is it? Top <laughs> gear. I get it. AEW Top Gear. There you go. 
It'll be like and that one shitty N64 wrestling game where it was like Twisted Metal. Oh, no. You know what I'm talking about, right? Uh-huh. There's one where it was just like, they just literally were like, fuck it, let's just do Twisted Metal. And they did. <laughs> you know, it's not a good idea. What else does that have to do with wrestling? Like, that was like a weird crossover demographic, you know? Because you don't have it all now. Listen to this. A little bit of the bubbly. Little- you heard that? Oh, fuck. It was a little bit of the bubbly, but it wasn't Chris Jericho saying it. Wow. Let's run it again. It's Tony Schiavone. This was during, this was during a freaking WCW. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So this, they're saying that this is what he might owe it to, you know? Conrad yeah, hey. Thompson linked this footage, you know, and told him that maybe he... A little bit of the bubbly! Put yeah, the con right over there trying to get the heat off of him now. Because you don't have all now. A little bit of the hell it's not playing the animation, but you get the point of the drop. Yeah. Because you don't have all now. A little bit of the bubbly. You think it's a coincidence? Could be. I mean, why would Jericho need to reach back that far, you know? And he's not the first person. Those aren't the first people to ever call champagne the bubbly, so. But specifically a little bit of the bubbly? Further phrase out there before in the past, so you never know. And like but then Stasis again, said, it could be like, hey. And like Stacey said, he did work for them. Yeah, maybe Shivani fell in the line. Who knows? I don't know why Conrad trying to make it his business. He got enough problems as it is. Well, he's not the first person to have tweeted it. He's just one of the people that shared it. Yeah. But yeah, a little bit of the bubble. So uh, AEW's allowing the fans to decide who's going to compete for the world tag team belts. They're doing sort of like a voting thing. I don't know if you knew about that. That I didn't know, but I like it. Yeah, let's try to get that. It's not going to be work votes like WWE. It's going to be vote votes. Shoot, vote or die. (laughs) Yeah. Because this is going to be October 30th. It's where they're going to crown the champions, but there's going to be the tournament. And uh, they put up a poll where they can decide who's going to enter. And um, let's have a look here. The teams of Luchasaurus and... Jungle Boy and Angelica, Jack Evans are both winless in AEW. We want your help to determine who should get the final spot in the tournament to crown the first AEW World Tag Champions. Should it be Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, Angelico and Jack Evans? Who do you choose? I would honestly go with Angelico and Jack Evans. They're former AAA Tag Team Champions, so it's not like they've never been to the top before. Okay, so you would give it to them based on their prestige, I suppose. Yeah, the, the fact that they are a long-term tag team. It's not the first time they've teamed together. I could see that. Uh, we're also hearing, according to Dave Meltzer, that uh, a lot of the people who run the dirt sheets and do a lot of the stuff in wrestling were invited by WWE for a tour of the Performance Center. And Meltzer's quoted as saying, I'd love to go, but I just can't see myself going on October 2nd. Oh, well. In case you don't realize what that means, they decided to let people from the sheets and the reporters all have a tour of the Performance Center the day that AEW is airing. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Why watch AEW when you could be at the Performance Center with us? Right. How foolish. You fools. See, they're trying to gain ground however the fuck they can, dude. I know you see it. I definitely see it. Oh, yeah. They also, uh, there was an interview with Kane Velasquez from ESPN where they asked him about the other federations, WWE and AEW. 
And he's quoted as saying, I love them both. I think obviously WWE is the powerhouse. They've had the biggest stars come from there and it's the most watched wrestling in the U.S. For sure, I love the backstories and the drama, but their wrestling to me, I like more of the lucha stuff. I like the athleticism and we do see some in WWE, but as far as wrestling goes, it's not my favorite organization just as far as the wrestling. I think AEW is doing some great stuff. I like the talent that they've brought in. They have a mix of lucha, which I think is pretty cool, and something fans are really liking these days. They're doing a great job in giving fans what they want as far as wrestling, and I love that they're doing that. I like them both for what they are, but I love the way AEW is going, the path that they're going. I see big things for them in the future. If I can, I'd love to do something with them. Mm. So, look at that. Homeboy WWE is going to have heat with Cain Velasquez. Homeboy ruled out doing anything in the first place <laughs> you know you can't really blame him yeah i mean when you think about it honestly he goes to wwe he's there's a lot more he could probably predict exactly what they're going to stick him to do and if anybody knows their history he didn't brought he he was the first part he, he um was the guy who ended brock lesnar's championship run that scar, I've said it before, that scar on the, on the left side of Brock's face, that's a souvenir from Cain Velasquez when he ripped his face open when he took his championship. So knowing WWE, they'd go back and find that out and immediately stick him in something with Brock. Yeah, I mean, they, they wouldn't have to find that out. I thought they probably know that, right? Yeah, true. They probably already know that. It would be weird for them not to know about the times Brock Lesnar's gotten tagged up. Yeah, especially because he's only lost two times. <laughs> Yeah, and they're his former employers, you know? Like, that's yeah. important shit to know. But, uh, yeah, recently Goldberg said that he would love to fight Cain Velasquez. <laughs> what? Oh, that man can't throw a knee without falling backwards. I'm supposed to believe he can fight Cain Velasquez. Who you got? Oh. No one? Good I choice. Velasquez. <laughs> I, it's a match I'd never like to see. How about that? Oh, okay. it, there's no reason for it to happen. Who gains anything? Like the fans are the ones that lose. You know, that's you, what I think. You get to watch Goldberg just be old, and then Kane ain't quite what he used to be. I mean, a lot of issues with his back is caught up to him. So, well, anyway, here here is the uh, here is the interview. Link you guys to it. Helene here with eyes on the game, being joined by the one and only. Hall of Famer, Mr. Bill Goldberg, here at the Limitless Expo, Olympia Weekend. What does it mean to be here? It means everything. It means that I get another opportunity to shake the hands and take pictures with at least one or two people who would appreciate anything I've done in my entire career. Anytime you can get out to the fans, it's it's a dream come true for me because I wouldn't be in any of the situations I'm in without every one of these people. Well, like I mentioned, I mean, you're WWE Hall of Famer. Uh, was there a little tension going on between you and Matt Riddle lately? Matt who? I don't even know who that is. I don't answer questions of people who haven't made it yet. Oh, got it. Yeah, he has a long way to go. Yes, that's an understatement. But what about someone who has made it in the UFC and has been doing pretty well in pro wrestling, Kane Velasquez? Oh, yeah. What do you think of him? Kane's doing great. I mean, I haven't, re- I saw a little bit of the coverage of his match. And, you know, put it this way anyone in professional sports who was in that sport for a lifelong dream, like myself, played football, it's all I ever wanted to do. 
it's a great alternative. This wrestling business offers a lot. It really does. And for guys who are high-level professional athletes to try to make the transition, especially with what Kane knows and what he's done in the past, it's a perfect, easy transition. I'm not going to say easy, but it's easier than someone who's never done anything like that before. And it's, it's nice. I don't know Kane, but it's nice to see a guy like that face adversity in one's business and then find pleasure in another. And so as a human being, I'm happier than hell for him. Well, would you like to I'd see... I'd still smash him in the ring. You want to wrestle him in the I'd ring? I'd wrestle Kane in the ring in two seconds. Oh. I'd wrestle anybody. Don't You, you know who I, I, I like. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your record, but... But I'm just saying, it, it, he's... He's got a lot of potential, and it's really cool because it's. I, I look at like like Ken Shamrock, who was just here, who, who was the first guy to make that transition and to really to be able to blend like Pancrase and you know all the forms of MMA. And back in the day in in Japan, they used to do some work shoot Pancrase style stuff. These guys are the ones who put it on the map, and there's no one better to make that type of transition. You see these guys, these MMA fighters and fighters in general that are over-the-top character-wise, they're perfect to make the transition. They really are. You would welcome him to the WWE? Absolutely. No question. Here's the deal. The deal is, is that we welcome anybody and everybody because competition only makes you better. Nothing? <laughs> nah, Bill. I'm going to need you to start winning to lose a fight to that door before you go after a former UFC heavyweight champion. Brah. <laughs> oh, God. Like, I love how he's just like, yeah, it's open. The door is open for everybody. Like, no, stop saying that shit. That's why we got crazy shit going on now because you just want to open the door to every fucking buddy. Like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. Like, no, nobody wants to see. We want to see Kane wrestle people who can actually wrestle, not you who can run into a fucking ring post. Like, huh? We need you as far away from the ring as possible, okay? <laughs> you don't hit your head. Exactly. Probably yeah. did it right after that interview. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Savage. It's like, why, like, try to pick a fight with Kane? First of all, Kane ain't got time to deal with your bullshit. Second of all, Kane's too busy trying to get good. Something Goldberg's ever been. Good. Like, waste the dude's time with that shit. You don't need, we, we don't need you just looking for another excuse to get your old ass back in the ring. Yeah, I think he's just working, though. He's just being his character. I don't think Goldberg legitimately believes it in that. I do like, I mean, I, I favor him over Matt Riddle. I like the way he knows so Matt Riddle. Who? You got to make it before. At this point, I just, I, I'm over Riddle. Like, Dane's going to smash him in that street fight on Wednesday, and then I'm just, because uh, it, like it was like I told you, we had this conversation off the air. The thing I hate with Riddle now He's become the worst kind of person in this day and age, and that's a clout chaser. That's all Riddle's become. He's just pissing people off just for the sake of pissing people off. I mean, and like now it's just he was he, he's become the off. same person Goldberg is just seeking attention. Like, I mean, even before he was pissing people off, he was successfully pissing me off. Yeah. There was just something about somebody barefooted who looked like Tarzan who sounded like that that it was like, man, this guy fucking pisses me off. No. There was something there. Like now, he's just that guy. He now there's nothing else, but he's that guy that pisses people off and gets his ass kicked by Killian Dade every week. Like, I don't know. More of the story. Goldberg, stay your ass out the ring. I don't give a shit if you fat ass kid wants to see you be a hero again, bitch. Stay away. <laughs> Do fuck up Kane's run with your shenanigans. Yeah, right. 
Absolutely. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't need you dropping him on his head. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Oh. Well, I think that's it for AEW news. We got anything else relevant on the table for us here? Just got on, or is it just the main, the main nonsense? It's uh, pretty much the main shenanigans. All right. Well, it was a raw from Knoxville, Tennessee. So you know they brought Knoxville. That, they brought that best shit. They were like, "We're in Knoxville. We got to bring our uh, A yeah, game yeah. tonight." <laughs> yep, at the Thompson Bowling Arena, and the show. Break. And the show opens with Seth Rollins recapping everybody on his main event match against Braun Strowman the previous day, and uh. Bray Wyatt pops up on the screen after Ron's message mentions him in the Firefly Funhouse segment, which, by the way, that segment is doing a good job at making the atmosphere uncomfortable. Congratulations to them on that. Yeah, I think that was always the goal, and that's the best part about it. Yeah, and then it ends things off with what appeared at first to be a bot, but probably wasn't. It was an upside down graphic transition. That could, yeah, you you have a good point. That could have been like legit like they meant to do that because it was seth's match yeah and when it went from the firefly funhouse to that segment uh everything turned upside down you know and then there was the renee thing you know where she goes was that upside down this whole time i have to believe that renee young a professional sports commentator would know not to acknowledge that you know what i mean exactly they meant to do that like I have to believe Renee knew what she was doing. Yeah, the, yeah, you can't botch something like that. Yeah, no, nobody no. can botch something like that. Why do you keep thinking? No, we don't do the raw intro anymore. Do, do you guys miss us doing the raw intro? You have to tell us if you missed that. Yeah, we did it. I last mean, week I mean, I mean that last really time good. guy, but that was because our raw was awesome. <laughs> yeah, we retired that shit. I didn't think anybody cared. That's probably not even the raw theme song. Their theme song's way worse now. I don't even know if they have a theme song anymore. You know? No, George, the screen rotation was meant to happen because it happened right after the Firefly Funhouse and it happened in Seth's match. That's too, you you can't, that, that those are too closely related for it to be a botch. The final, is, not to jump ahead, but the upside down thing comes into play in the final minutes as well. Yeah, the, the upside down was the confirmation. Um, the only way that if you want to be really pessimistic about this and negative, you can say that maybe they fucked up and did the upside down thing. And then at the end of the show, they decided, you know what, let's do the upside down thing as part of Bray's thing so that it would look like the first time wasn't uh, intentional. But the first time is re- seems really, dude, it was upside down. And you know Renee I mean? acknowledged it. They and, would and not Renee have acknowledged, acknowledged it. it and it was right after the Bray Wyatt segment. Remember, it happens again later on. Go back. Like, how many that. times have you seen them? botch something like either let's say somebody's name or something like that and they acknowledge it you never do because it's actually a botch if it's not a botch they would if it was a botch they wouldn't have acknowledged that and renee said then there was fear in renee's voice when she acknowledged it they would have never had them acknowledge that so they would have ignored it like nothing happened at least that's what i'd like to think i have to have that much faith in this company you know that's what they've always done anytime something's gone wrong that's what they've done there's been times where the lights have gone out in the arena nobody says shit so then we have the Tag Team Champion Summit, where the Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Champions come to the ring to celebrate their victories. I was really looking forward to this, but unfortunately it gets crashed by Braun Strowman, who just beats everybody up. The women Tag Team Champions weren't a part of this, so I was like, yeah. Yeah. yeah there's no up. reason to be excited about this. Everyone gets their asses kicked. Just a way to do just, something, I guess. Uh, and then we get uh, AJ Styles 
and the OC have a match against Cedric Alexander and the Viking Raiders, with the finish being AJ going over Cedric with the phenomenal forearm. Afterwards, the OC winds up jumping the baby faces, and there's a brawl that ensues. Hanson winds up going for one of those crazy top rope dives that he does to the outside and all the remaining people, and it looked like no one caught him. It looked like he just fell, like just flopped. Yeah. Okay. I know I know he's a big man, but Jesus Christ, probably catch up, please. Yeah, you know, what is going on with the lack of people catching each other during this thing, you know? It's one of those things that was crazy. But, uh, yeah, he did his crazy-ass dive. Nobody had the courage to catch him out of it. And uh, to make matters worse, Cedric gets buried again because AJ Styles hits him with a top rope avalanche styles clash. How do you like that? Oh, uh, it was fun while it lasted. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see what happens. This could all be leading somewhere. I've heard rumors that Paul Heyman wants a slow burn for Cedric. He wants to push him, but he wants it to be a slow burn. Maybe it'll be a slow rise to the top, I'd like to think. Yeah, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be against it. Yeah. The comedic aspect of tonight's Raw involved R-Truth and Carmella. Big surprise there. Running into Mayor Glenn, Glenn Jacobs. And uh, this leads to Glenn wanting to give them a tour of Tennessee to the dismay of the people who thought we'd have to be part of that tour too. But thankfully, we really don't. It all culminates at, what was it, at a football field or some shit? And uh, Glenn winds up ambushing uh, R-Truth with a ref that was disguised. And uh, he wins the title temporarily. And then later on in the night, R-Truth wins it back. And then him and good old Mayor Glenn, a.k.a. Kane, go in to enjoy some Monday Night Raw. It was nice seeing him. It was. We don't see him very often, so to see him get to be a part of the show, it was fun. And he looked like he had a fun time. Yeah, that was pretty cool. He looks good. Mm-hmm, absolutely. He, he looks really good. He's always been in great shape. Oh, yeah. He rarely, like, the worst I think I've ever seen him was the last time he wrestled with Taker. He had a bit of a beer gut, but not even, like, a major one, just enough to where you could see it. Mm-hmm. No, he's he looks he's looking fantastic. And then uh we get the King of the Ring finals, Baron Corbin versus Chad Gable with the finish being it looked almost like a tilt the world deep six. Right, that look that deep six had a bit of an angle. Beautiful. It looked like uh perhaps Gable's going for some sort of a tilt the world arm drag or something, and then Corbin transitioned it straight into that deep six, putting him down in what was otherwise a good match. I do enjoy the part where uh Gable gets Corbin down to his knees and he says, now you're my size. And he starts beating them. <laughs> that was great. But uh, yeah, obviously this was going to be freaking Corbin's win and he's the king of the ring. Did he even do a promo or anything afterwards? I don't even remember him doing a promo. The whole point of it is the promo. You sit on the throne, you put the crown on. Isn't that how Austin 316 happened? Yeah. So wait a minute. There was no part where he sat like on a throne. I just thought about that. They didn't do like the king of the ring th- stuff. I don't think so. I don't think he got like that coronation and everything. Unless they're saving that for a later date. I don't know why, but so you do the, the coronation right then. The coronation is probably tomorrow night, right? Could be. Tomorrow on SmackDown. So that's when the coronation is. I mean, I guess because it's not a pay-per-view anymore. King of the Ring was a pay-per-view. So at the end of it was... Yeah. This was just... This wasn't even a fucking single show of the King of the Ring. It was all over the place. So, so yeah, I guess whatever. They're going to do a coronation tomorrow. And that's when he'll get to do his speech. I just need like a relevant king, not a king, not like a king Barrett. I need like a king that's actually good. Yeah, it's weird to do it on different. But I guess we'll have to see what they give us tomorrow. We also get the Maria Canellis baby revelation of what gender it is and all this other stuff. It turns out I don't even remember what gender was it. A boy? It was a boy, right? I, I guess so. Yeah, and then she says that it's ricochets, but she's only saying this to try to rile up Mike Canellis, and he winds up slapping Ricochet and challenging him to a match in the ring. 
And it's funny because Titus's reaction was like, boy, you got his wife pregnant and you got slapped. You better fix this. And he sends him out there. <laughs> uh, the one- Titus is like a down south uncle that just figured out the news. <laughs> and one of the street prophets he's like thought he was gonna say that it, he was a daddy he was relieved that it wasn't him you know and then, they, then they start speculating about having a maria on a pole match well, which uh jesus maria on a pole there's some definitely some sexual innuendos there <laughs> PG no more. yeah fuck the pg era i was waiting for to jump in that's how she got there in the first place oh that guy it was the PG era galore. <laughs> but this leads to the match, unfortunately. Ricochet versus Mike Kanellis, with Ricochet just going straight the fuck over, as if Mike Kanellis <laughs> is nothing. And then Maria afterward implies that the real father is Rusev, which Rusev makes a re- return with his Tom Selleck esque mon- mustache. And uh, he winds up getting destroyed by Rusev as well, which, which what the hell is going on there? And then Graves even goes as far as to call him a pure beta cuck. Shit. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, what a nightmare, you know? Like, they really just want to bury the guy. It's almost like an inside joke. Almost time on that contract, Mike. <laughs> Five. You're gonna dip the fuck out, motherfucker. Five years. That's how oh, much time. God. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know. They just wanted, they just felt like burying the guy. Next, we have Rey Mysterio versus Cesaro. Oh, it's your basic match. Pretty good. I'm glad that Ray counted Cesaro Three Amigos because it was about to be the ugliest Three Amigos ever. After that second one, I was cringing for the third, but thankfully he counters. Ray winds up going over with the Code Red, aka Sunset Flip Powerbomb. Beautiful Code Red. Too. I like that that move's been added to his arsenal now. Mm-hmm. Looks very good. Code Red's always been a cool move to see. It's almost sometimes like when I first used to see it, I used to think it was almost gravity defined to do that move, but mm-hmm. also uh. WWE did put up a um a Chad Gable thing. I don't know if it's relevant, but I'm kind of curious of what he would say after that loss. Chad, after weeks of fighting your way to tonight's final match of the King of the Ring tournament, unfortunately, you fell short. You've got to be having some emotions running through you right now. Um, <laughs> this is tough. Nights like this, they become pretty dark pretty quick for me. Uh, this was a journey I was very proud of um that i've been on for a while now and it was not just for me it was to prove it to everybody in the locker room all the fans and even my daughter was in the front row tonight and i tell her night in and night out that regardless of what people say to you regardless of what anyone projects onto you their insecurities like if there's anything you want to do in this life you can do it like no matter what and i know it sounds cheesy and cliche and it is but it's true and i needed this win tonight i needed that win so that when i tell her these things they're true this one hurts. This is going to hurt for a while. Well, in order to prove that to your daughter and those things that you said, how do you plan to get your hope back and get your momentum back to keep moving forward? I've been here before. Um, people know about my journey to the Olympics and, and, and other things like that. And I didn't just make the Olympic team like that. I lost a lot of matches. And I'm not ashamed to admit that because that's what made me learn how to deal with this stuff. It's what made me learn how to come out from these dark places. And trust me, it gets real dark sometimes. But it's what allows my mindset to keep going, look, you can do this. It's going to take a while. And the chances sometimes are few and far between, but you have to make the most of every opportunity. I think I made the most that I could out of this tournament. There was one step, one misstep tonight 
And so tomorrow night it's SmackDown, and I'm going to be there. And it's not time to sulk. It's not time to cry. It's time to go right back to work. And maybe Corbin's going to be there. Maybe I'll get a chance at a little revenge. Maybe not. Whatever it is, whatever's next for me, you can guarantee, I promise you, I'm going to take full advantage of it the same way I did with this. Chip, you know what? You. you just made the list. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. <laughs> you know, the timing of some of these falls. I'm going to make the most of it. You just made the list. Yeah, thank you for the follow. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you to uh, Critical Crow 420. But yeah, so Chad Gable, I don't know what the hell he's going to do. It's just the power of positivity isn't going to work for you, dude. You're not black. Oh, my God. You know, you have to come up with something better. I think he's going to get aggressive or dark or do something. It's just, oh, you know, I just want to show people that you got to get right back up. It just seemed like a generic promo. Like, this whole shit felt unplanned. Like, they have no idea what the hell they're going to do with Shorty G. And yeah, I see you there, George D. Calling that shit. That's what the rumor yeah. is, right? That they copyrighted Shorty G because they plan on making a Chad Gable. Oh my god! If he comes out like a raptor, like fucking Jesse did in the end of his run, I swear to God, I'll turn the shit off. I fuck, I won't do it. I really hope not, man. Like I'm not looking for any of that nonsense. You know they'll do it too, because that's good shit. Oh boy. Bailey and Sasha Banks go up against Bliss and Cross with the finish being Cross taps out to the bank statement. She's pretty much isolated for the majority of the match because early on, Bliss goes for that crazy dive. It was almost like a senton off the apron into the two opponents, right? And then winds up tweaking yeah. her knee. I think that's part of the storyline, though. Um, so Cross does her best despite the fact that there's a few problems. Like she trips off of Sasha's bank. She was sort of using Sasha to do the, uh, like a, a a variation of what will be considered like a poetry in motion, but it was more like just springing off of her back into like a flying forearm or flying clothesline, one of the sort. Whatever the fuck it was going to be, it was just her tripping instead and falling into Bailey. And uh, that was just a major botch. Like you don't normally see, you see botches, but you don't hardly see somebody fucking trip and fall forward the way the way uh, Cross did that. She busted her ass. Also, um, very ugly tornado DDT. I hate to nitpick, but Nikki was off today. It's weird how the commentary is going. We're gonna finally see what she's made of and everything. Now she's out there by herself, and there was there was very botchy. There was a few yeah, things. That she didn't she was having an off night. Yeah, yeah. She rarely messes up like that. So yeah, she was she was a little off her game tonight. <laughs> Yeah, I still want to see more from her, but I just didn't think that worked out very well. Yeah, yeah she's always been pretty good, just not, not her best work. But. Uh, Lacey Evans um, winds up tapping out Dana Brooke to the sharpshooter, sending a message to Natalia. That's all Dana Brooke's for nowadays, is sending messages to people. When Ronda needed to send a message to Becky, she did it through Dana Brooke. She's like, that, that should be her gimmick, right? She comes out as a messenger. <laughs> Fuck it, there's a librarian for AEW. She could be the messenger here. You know, stop. And it'll, it'll be it'll be an unfortunate gimmick because she'll dread her job. Like you'll see her like dreading knocking on like the locker room of like Charlotte or somebody, you know. And then you know, Charlotte will be like, "Well, I have a message," and she'll kick her ass. Send that back to Becky. <laughs> oh God, say she says she's the new meat. Yeah, right. She. she I she, am done going to bed right now. Sean Stasiak two point Stop playing the so I'm done. Yeah, poor Dana. Dana Mead. Dana Mead. <laughs> it's happening. I just threw her out there. I was I was worried too. I was like, this can't be good. Like the fact that they tossed her out there like that. You know, like I don't think they're trying to build up Dana. They just want to have a message, and I know it's going to be a sharpshooter. But there it is, sharpshooter. Message to Natty. Music. You know, so bad. It's been so long since I've seen her. When her music hit, I was like, who the fuck is it? Oh. <laughs> 
George says she's nice meat though. You're right, man. She really is. Yeah. They, they're, they're all like, they have a really nice roster right now. Bailey, no, no one likes to acknowledge her, but Bailey has the best ass out of everybody, out of all the women right now. They try, WWE goes out of their way to try to hide that thing, but they just can't seem to do it. They probably even tried to get that Mikazi guy on the job and he failed. You know? <laughs> because like, there's no hiding her ass. They try to do different things and put different kinds of pants and different textures on there. I mean, they may oh, as well bitch. just put the fucking Power Ranger suits from the Mighty Morphin movie, like the big solid armor. And the sad part is that won't help. She'll bend the armor. Yeah, right? Most people bend the knee. This bitch bends the armor. Because, <laughs> because she has she has a nice, big, healthy ass. The rest of the girls that are hot must be so jealous of Bailey's ass. Oh, God. You know. That's, that's going to be my favorite line of the whole fucking episode. Both you I've heard it said because, you know, Sasha refer, refers to her as a Pam. I've heard it said that she, she doesn't look like a Pam, but her ass does. Oh, God. You know? <laughs> she got that Pam ass. She has that Pam ass, exactly. <laughs> like, when I look at Bailey's ass, like, are you kidding me, dude? Like Man, it. if we could only get away with an ass shot of Bailey and just have episodes of that Pam ass. Yo, know, her ass is such a, a a a thing in WWE that they try to take the the radar off of. That there was a point of about a week or two ago, I forget who she was wrestling, but the person put her in a schoolboy, and her her thong was showing, and they actually edited that out. You know, they don't even want you to think about her ass. You know, it's a hot bottom topic in WWE. <laughs> Oh, George Remix of Chan. Hey, we want some food. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, next time she comes out, look at how much ass there is behind her. You know? Oh, God. Tori Wilson would have to walk six feet behind that shit, not because it's her Japanese husband. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, shit. You just imagine if they, imagine fucking they passed on the bonsai drop to Bailey. She should be the one that has the uh, the, the Oscomo, like, like the, the hip attacks and shit. Oh my god, Bailey's funky weapon, yes. Knock somebody out of the ring with that thing. It'll be like, it'll look like Smash Brothers when they have 100%. Pew! Stop! <laughs> you see fucking Nikki Cross, like, and it does a little thing, the ding! When she's gone. <laughs> Winner! <laughs> yeah, exactly, with the ass drop, right? Ass-tastic. Incredible. I want them, I want, I agree with you guys when you were saying that before that they need to turn her, like Cool Ice said early in time, they need to turn her full-fledged heel. They do. You know, that way she can wear some revealing shit. They could just unleash the ass. You know, <laughs> it should be just like when Sasha took off her wig and underneath she had blue hair. Like when Hay- when when Bailey turns full heel, she should just like, some breakaway like, pants like just, just twerk off the pants. I like just pow and underneath <laughs> like the underneath for the real pants. <laughs> and it wouldn't be like a bunch of turks. Just one, just just one single strong one. You know, it would be like the spirit wave. Like she just takes off the cuffs all at once. Just Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh God, I can't breathe. Holy shit. It'll happen. All over again. Boom. Well, Pam got that ass, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, Even Dana Brooke can't stand to that's how it started. We were talking about how how sexy Dana Brooke was jobbing out, but yeah, Bailey who doesn't job out has a better is, ass too. They're gonna have to remix the move the Bailey the booty. Yeah, man. Bailey the booty. That'll be it, right? Oh, just do like a fucking Santon. Oh god. Oh I got a headache. Oh my god. Yeah, that is incredible. Holy shit. 
that's how come they make her walk a little bit further down the ramp before those wacky inflatable things come up. You know, there don't want there to be any accidents. You don't want to waste time. That one wacky inflatable that doesn't make it to the top. It's not that he's defective. He's fucking intimidated. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. I, okay, let's, get, let's get off of Bailey's ass. Yeah, let's get off of Bailey's ass. I don't want her, but let's... <laughs> so next comes... Uh, there was the, no way I was getting around that transition. No, there really wasn't. Or her ass. Then we get Rollins and Rude in their main event match. I don't know why the hell this is the main event match. But, uh... It's weird because the Dirt Sheets were reporting that this was supposed to be one of the best Raws in a long time and that there are certain things that are being kept on the wrap until the last minute. So I'm thinking maybe they'll finally expand the OC and instead of Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler being these two idiots who are helping them, they just incorporate them into the team. Kind of like the New Age Outlaws. They eventually did become the X. If you remember the early days, they were the same way. They were just these two guys that occasionally Shawn Michaels, China, and Hunter would get to, to help because they're common enemies until they officially joined which was after HBK left. Yeah. Most people don't realize that. But there's never been an incarnation of the Generation X that had both the New Age Outlaws, X-Pac, and Shawn Michaels. That all happened after he left. You know? But, you know, I thought they were going to try to do it, make an expand that, you know, like bring some other guys in. Like, not necessarily... I mean, I like Bobby Roode, especially because AJ and him have history. They were in Fortune together. They're close friends. They don't seem to acknowledge that. Dolph Ziggler, I don't really care about being part of it but i mean fuck it we'll take it if we could just get the stable to be a little bigger so ziggler interferes at the end of this match between rollins and rude which led me to believe maybe this is it because the oc then comes in and jumps rollins and they're all in there beating the hell out of him but this was just more just for you know this is just more hot shot booking it's not worried so much about next week as it is just ending this show because it was cool and everything but kane pops up so kane pops up he takes out the oc assisting rollins and before he gets to do the the uh, flame spot the Fiend basically attacks and the lights cut out and the Fiend takes out Kane, basically leaving Raw ending with the luminous thought that even the demon himself couldn't save him from the wrath of the Fiend. The and end. basically creeps dun, dun, dun. on uh, Rollins who was sitting in the corner. Yeah, Rollins is, is fearful against the turnbuckle. And uh, he's pushing against them. He's sort of imposing himself. And then that's how Raw goes. Well, actually, the final shot, just to clarify, it's the Firefly Funhouse logo. And it starts glitching and going crazy, and it turns upside down. Yeah, and the song started glitching out as well. So that's that. That was the call, the proof that that thing at the beginning wasn't a botch. They meant to do that. Yeah, that was that, exactly like you were going to say. That was the callback to what happened earlier in the night. The with, whole thing uh, was the scene is basically messing with their with their videos now. Yeah. So, uh, I thought Which it was I well love on. that. I love that visual of the fiend being literally right in Seth's face. Yeah. I thought it was well done, you know? Yeah. Which I had an interesting discussion with a friend, and we were talking about it. The fact of um, if they were to rename the Mandible Claw what they call it, it's going to sound kind of crazy, but you call it um, Hurt. Because if you ever notice, whenever Bray does that move, he's using the glove that says Hurt on it. Whenever he signals for it, he puts only that glove up. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't have and like and, and then one glove says hurt, the other one says heal. He never uses the one that says heal. Very interesting. And so if they're going to rename the move, they have the ammo to do it. Yeah, but overall, guys, I would say that this raw was was good. It wasn't great, but it was a good raw. I mean, there's not as much to complain about on these shows as there was a few months ago. I think you're already starting to see the change, and I think you're in good hands come come October. Yeah, we used you know? to be complaining at seven fifty nine. Now we're like, huh? 
I think that this October, you're probably going to see the best wrestling month that you've seen in years. And then I think from there on, my prediction says it's just going to keep getting better. That's the perfect scenario for everybody. Yeah, now's a good time to be a wrestling fan. Hell, now's a good time to tune in with us. We got a bunch of stuff going on. Like I said, don't forget the this entire month there is our we got the anniversary episode, we got the Survivor series, we have the Halloween Athon where we come on here on Monday and share crazy stories, Halloween conspiracy theories, and uh, that rest of that week is all uh the streams are all stuff like Friday the thirteenth and horror themed games and uh all kinds of yeah. stuff. So you start off the beginning of the month with the launch of the the relaunch of every wrestling federation. You get the middle of the month with Survivor Series and our anniversary. Hard to believe it's been so many years, but yeah, our anniversary. And then you end off the month with Halloweenathon and a bunch of crazy wild-ass stories. So, uh, yeah, look at that, man. It's one of our last regular episodes going into this. Exactly. Anything else, anything else you want to bring up before we wrap up here? Um, Nothing major. I mean... 2K20 still rolling out new entrances. Uh, Stone Cold's just came out today. So everybody's looking good. I'm excited. Yep. And we'll keep you up to date on that. So without further ado, that being said, thank you to everyone who has hung out with us tonight, including EB Gamer and Six Slayer, Willie V2, Joe Woko, Stasis Dreams, Kula Ice. JR, Master Pasta 17, George Z, Humpback Rack, Cup Prime 17, Mark 710, Summer Sport 7917, Mr. Maniac Matt, Critical Crow 420, and of course all of you listening across various on demand platforms. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 340, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and Destin, we are out of here. And just remember, when in doubt, respect those skills. Shut it down.